two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional, Professional wrestling. wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here at AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Amanda? The card isn't very good in my opinion. Even the undercard I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our persons against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Laughing a lot, so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. He didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak. That absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like I not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, we've seen Cejudo on Dynamite, we've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite, we've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez, like it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually actually just did that. Fightful. 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight. Straight from YouTube.com. Live Rounds. The Marksman. Have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching Live Rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. What's up, everybody? Uh, thanks for everybody joining us. Uh, my bad. I accidentally started the stream without doing the intro, and then Steven wasn't on the screen, and I panicked, and I had to delete the video. So 
we had to do this over again. So I appreciate you guys clicking on the new link. If you smash that like button on the old video, please do it on this one as well. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Um, obviously, we've got some people in here, so it looks like everything's going to be okay. So like I said, thanks for coming in. And uh, how are you doing tonight, Steven? I'm doing great. Another Tuesday. Talked about wrestling earlier. Talked about fighting earlier. Did a, a UFC 268 podcast today on the Fight Talk podcast feed. Y'all can hear that as well as this that we're recording today, right now, tomorrow on that same feed. And then uh, I did the 6 o'clock Ring of Honor show that I do for the distraction every Tuesday. Myself and Jeremy Lambert. So that was fun. And tomorrow, of course, is Wednesday. So I'll be frequenting my local Dave and Buster's. <laughs> But also, before we get started, want to give a quick shout out. My dad, it's his birthday today. Uh, he sh shares a birthday with Chris Jericho, so I can yeah. remember remember both of their birthdays. I share a birthday with Brian Danielson, so I can always remember that as well. Um, little things like that that always stick in my mind. But happy birthday to you, Dad. If you see this, I'll be seeing him tomorrow and hitting some golf balls at the driving range before we go to Dave & Buster's. So, yeah, good, awesome. good, good couple days, man. Can't complain. Sweet. Yeah, I share a birthday with quite a few people, including the one Cody Rhodes. So yes. me and Cody Rhodes have a birthday. Me and Terry Funk have the same birthday. Um, me and Mike Tyson have the same birthday. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, how old is Jericho now? 51? Yeah, I believe so. I believe that's exactly how old he is. Because I think I remember um, it being like a big deal, him turning 50 last year. So yeah, and it's Jeff pretty shares wild. a birthday with Chris Weidman. So that's pretty cool. There you go. John, John shares a birthday with Eric Bischoff. Easy. 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 Not Legend. Bad, Legend. Right. Um, so, so yeah. And you know what, Steven? We're both uh, rocking the L's. Um, it's been a while for the Cowboys. Uh, it's just a bad, bad game. And, um, you know, I, I'm hoping that we bounce back. I, I really think it was more of a fluke because. This stack normally doesn't play that bad. The team normally doesn't play that bad. It just seemed like we were off. So uh, I'm really, really anxious to get Sunday here so we can bounce back. Quarter, quarterback uh, competition now with uh, with Rush with how you how you no, played the week? No, no I'm, I'm just I'm just kidding. Of don't think not. so. But uh, but yeah, I mean I I mean yeah. Sean mentioned the Vikings in the chat. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's I don't even have the words anymore. Like it's just it's expected. Like every game when we score a touchdown at the beginning, because I watch the games with my family. I have my brother over for the games, I have my dad and my stepmom over, and we we get food together and you know, I got my little Vikings mugs and stuff, and like it's like, you know, every in every game it's like touchdown, and the first thing we all look at each other, and we're like, we're still gonna wind up losing on the last drive. Like it doesn't matter how like we're, we just accepted it, and we're just kind of numb to it at this point. Um I talked about it a lot last week. I think Brad Childers, or Brad, I'll call him Brad Childers. He was <laughs> basically the same thing. Um, Mike Zimmer's got to go, um, and uh, and we have the talent to still. <laughs> the crazy thing is, we're still in the playoff contention for. I mean, like because we have the win over Carolina, and they're not looking good. Sam Darnold is ass, dude. Like, yeah, he's, I mean, he's done. And he had a couple really good games this year, but outside of that, he is terrible. So like. The Vikings can still make the playoffs as crazy as it is. And we were talking about it beforehand, no matter if they're the worst team in the league or the best team in the league, the Vikings are going to make it a game that comes down to literally the last drive. So anyway, like I said, it, right now, easy money. If the point spread is seven and under, like take it, take that money because the Vikings are going to keep it close no matter what. Yeah. So anyways, I'm never going to give up on them. School Vikings, like, 
I just watch what I say. Ever since the Vikings followed me on Twitter, I like try not to be super negative on the team <laughs> because because I really want to be out there being like, just fire this guy, fire Mike Zimmer. What are, what are we doing? But I'm like, my favorite team in the world actually follows me on Twitter and I don't want to ruin it. So I, yeah. I, I'm pretty tame on my Vikings takes online because I'm a I'm a coward and, and don't want to don't want to get on followed basically. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't really, like, I got people that, like, literally hate their team. Like, they love their team, but they will call their team, their players all sorts of names and all that type of stuff. I'm not really like that. Like, I'm, I'm, I pretty much like most of the players. It's just, uh, I, I get mad at, like, coaching. I get mad Man. at coaching, front office decisions, things like that, where it's just like, what are you thinking? Like, why? You know, like, stuff like that. But the players themselves, like, Unless they just do something completely bonehead, then then otherwise it's it's all good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way. I never attack the players, and I don't really ever attack anybody. But but if I was to attack anybody online, it would definitely be the coaching staff. Like I was saying before we went live, I, the Vikings are a team with Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins is playing the best season he's ever had. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, even like CJ Ham is breaking out. Like he's always been a great uh, blocker for us, but now he's out there like making plays. Um, KJ Osborne has been uh, a pleasant surprise. Our defense has been pretty damn solid outside of a few players. So it's like, you can't, our kickers even, even though our kickers lost us a, a game this year, like he's the most reliable kicker we've had in years, as sad as it is. Like, yeah. So it's one of those things. It's like, you can't blame the players. Like it's, it's, it's the coaches and the person who's, I mean, Zimmer's been there for eight years now. Like it, it's, it's not like it's going to get any better for him. And right. isn't that the next year, the next year is the last on his contract anyway. So like, just cut, cut your losses, just figure things out. We can still make the playoffs, but anyways, um, yeah, I know we're the four o'clock game, uh, one of the four o'clock games this week. Um, I can't even remember who we're playing. I know we have green Bay next week. Kind of thing we have this week, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, that's uh, that's that's football right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So there's so much to talk about, guys. I don't really know where you want us to jump into right off the bat. One thing that I didn't have on the cover that I definitely want to talk about is the releases. There was uh, plenty of those as well. Um, I mean, at this point, though, it's pretty much like the norm <laughs> like yeah at the end of the day and honestly i expect way more because and it's it's not it's not anything to do with the wrestlers themselves it's just you can start to see wwe's vision and who fits it and who doesn't right like when someone said that timothy thatcher was very close to being released that makes total sense. Like they have absolutely no reason to keep Timothy Thatcher the way that they want to go forward. Right. And so I feel like a lot of other guys like that. I think pretty much if you were a veteran in NXT, you're, you're going to get the ax soon. Either your contract's going to expire or they're going to let you go before that. Um, and then on top of that, uh, they did release some bigger names. Uh, probably the most shocked one was Nia Jax for me and Karrion Cross. I thought those two were were pretty shocking. I thought Nia Jax was pretty safe in WWE because, let's be honest, she's made a lot of mistakes, a lot of botches. She's hurt people in the ring, and they've always stood by her. So I just thought, you know, 
that she pretty much was safe no matter what. And then carrying uh, Cross, I just think he never really got a chance. Like I, from from day one, he comes into NXT, and he's the guy. He's the absolute guy. He basically beats the entire roster. And then they bring him up and he loses to Jeff Hardy in two minutes. And he never recovered from that, like ever. And then they only made it worse. And I think we're at the point now, Stephen, where going to the WWE is actually going to hurt your brand, not even help your brand. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of cases, the the only... There some exceptions to that would be maybe like a Blake Christian who like was already incredible, but now he goes back out there knowing how to work TV. You know what I mean? Right. Like so he right. like you'll have that. And I'm not saying all, but I am saying now it's got to be in the back of your mind if you are a over indie star or from another company and you go to the WWE, your brand might actually get hurt going there instead yeah. of doing something different. Yeah, no, I I I agree. I think it's been like that for a minute, especially when you can't have like a Twitch channel and like your own YouTube and all this stuff. Like you have to give up everything. They're going to change your name. They're going to change the way that you wrestle. They're going to change your presentation. They're going to change everything about you to try to fit. They're going to try to put the the square and the triangle in the you know the square peg in the triangle hole over and over and over again, trying to get you to fit whatever their vision of you is. And yeah. Karrion Cross is a great example of that. Um, to me, some of the more shock, I shouldn't say shocking, none of them were really shocking to me, but right. um, I'd say, I think that the two that I like totally expect to see in AEW are Keith Lee and Ember Moon. Like, I think Ember Moon yeah. is going to add a lot to the AEW women's division if they sign her. Um, yeah. And she still is one of the best finishers in wrestling. Like, I've seen it a thousand yeah. times, but like, it's like that alone is going to keep her over. Like, I mean, uh, there's a lot about her that, you know, she gets a good reaction. She's a good wrestler. she got a good look. But on top of it, she has a badass finishing move. It's like an attraction to like to see that move at a show and stuff. So like, yeah, you know, so there's it, it it's, you know, none of it. Once again, none of it was really surprising. And I think that there's definitely more coming because I yeah. think, for instance, like Kyle O'Reilly, if his deal's up next month, there's no point in really releasing him now. Like they're just going to let his contract naturally run right. out. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's Gargano might be in the same kind of boat, although I'd expect Gargano to maybe stay, but like, what are they going to do? He's got to know he's got to see the writing on the wall. Like, what are they going to do with him yeah. on our SmackDown? Like, right. And he's, he's done in NXT at this point. There's nothing left to do. So. Well, yeah. and, and then, and like, if you're Gargano, Ciampa, Kyle O'Reilly, like that, you don't fit there anymore. Like right. that's just the end of the day. And so like, I don't, I don't know what those guys are going to do. Um, and then, the one also another shocker was Taya. I I mean Taya wrestled six times there. Like I just thought that they were waiting on um like the right one thing that I knew was weird is when they canceled her match with Raquel in one of the like big NXT shows oh, and man. and then they like never rebooked it. I thought that <laughs> was weird. And um but I didn't know how old she was, though. She said on Twitter she's 38. So that started to make some sense. Not saying that that's valid, but in WWE's eyes, there. But that's the thing is like, you didn't go over this. You didn't look into this at all when you hired her. Like, well, so much and, of this stuff just makes no sense. And on top of it, like, she's married to John Morrison. So, like, it's yeah. like, that doesn't really make sense. Th- 
I don't think that like you are um uh what's the right word? I don't I don't uh, uh I, it's right on the tip of my tongue. You aren't you aren't owed a position basically in the WWE just because your significant others there, vice versa. Yeah. Like like it doesn't like you shouldn't get fired just because your husband gets fired. You shouldn't get hired just because your husband gets hired and vice versa. But the way they did it definitely like if i'm john morrison i'm like what the hell because it's like you hired her you hired her in february like she just got here you promised her all this stuff probably she never got to do any of it and i think from what i heard i think he was like in another country or something like he wasn't even like with her or anywhere close when like and i think he found out about it like through twitter it's like what i i think maybe like Meltzer or so i don't want to misquote but somebody had mentioned that it's something i listened to so it's just like so Morrison's probably sitting there going like, what the hell? Like they, my wife got fired and like all the plans that they told us. And the other thing about Taya is she already knows how to work television from all of her time and impact. So like she could have easily just gone on to Raw or SmackDown without any problem. Yeah. And they can always use more women, especially when they're creating more women's t- tag belts and all this. Like there's, there's all these women's titles, but they keep letting go of women who can like actually work television. So yeah. doesn't it just it's like whether or not you think Taya Valkyrie is a great wrestler or whatever that's a complete opinion but like she checks all the boxes that the WWE would really want out of someone they just hired you know what I mean yeah yeah which is why I'm so surprised she didn't even really get a real shot you know right and then not only that Morrison I think wrestled on main event so it's like I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know if his position's that safe with the company either and I kind of feel like. If you made that move the way that they did it, I, I kind of feel like that they're basically letting it be known, like, dude, you ain't safe, and we can cut you too. You know what I mean? And he's no spring chicken either. So I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's getting the, the pool for free agents now is just insanity, and like. One thing that kind of frustrates me is people are only paying attention to names like the Ring of Honor guys that got released, like WWE. But there's a whole bunch of independent talent as well that now the WWE is basically letting you know, like, we're not signing them. Like, we're not we're not going there. So you have to pick between that. You have to pick between established stars. And there's, like, only so many places these people can go. So... I mean, if if there was, if, if honestly, if there was like another Tony Khan type, I think you could one hundred percent do another wrestling company. Yeah, that's true. And also, I mean, who knows what the future of Ring of Honor is going to look like? But if they can figure out kind of a GCW kind of super indie once every couple months type thing, like like that will be a good place for a lot of these guys to wrestle. You know, PWG. There, there is a lot of places, but I, there's obviously you know, significant drop-offs and in, in pay depending on where you're wrestling. Like even, yeah. I mean, I love MLW, but like I know I've, I've at least heard from reliable people that like the pay isn't great with MLW, like, but like right. you get a lot of exposure. So, I mean, there, there's a trade-off to it, but there's like a big difference between working in MLW and working in AEW. Like if you're looking at pay, for instance, um, or even like impact wrestling, like they pay their people pretty well and they don't have to work that often and stuff. So like there's there's always you know, there's advantages and give and take with all that, but it, I, I understand what you're saying though is like is like a company like GCW like if they have the the option where it's like do we book you know uh, 
do we book uh, Shane Mercer or do we book Keith Lee? If that's like the choice you have to make. Like two yeah. guys that are both similar, like as far as like their move set. One guy has national TV exposure. The other guys you've been building for months. Like Keith Lee's probably still a more well-known wrestler, but like Shane Mercer's really earned his spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you might have to make those kind of decisions for some shows. So I, I, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. And it's, it's not even just GCW. I mean, it's Impact. It's whatever's out there. MLW. Like, there's still all these companies, even New Japan, they could hire a bunch of these people. And they're still not even going to touch the surface of what's out there right now. That's what's so somewhat troubling because I, I hate for people to just, like, be great and not get even get a chance to, to wrestle because there's just no spots to open. Or it's not worth the pay. So they have to do something else. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a crazy time right now. And, and, and it's, like I said, I, I kind of feel like the territory system could be coming back. Um, more people might start getting invested in wrestling. You know, one thing that will be really interesting is when these new TV contracts are, are going to happen. Right. And for AEW and WWE, if there's still a huge free agent pool out there and then they see the money that these companies are going to get for TV contracts, it would be interesting to see who else might pop in to try to start a pro wrestling company. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett, anybody? Um, <laughs> Triple dude. H? Yeah, Triple now, H. And, and you know, the funny thing is to me is like it, Triple H is one of those guys that I really think could give AEW problems just because we kind of know what his vision is and it's pretty similar. And there's a lot of people that really respect triple H that could possibly jump to go work for him because of like previous experiences and stuff like that. That would be pretty interesting to me. And then it's like the WWE would kind of just be like its own thing. Right. Like it's just, yeah. it's just does, it does something already, different. It doesn't already, do pro wrestling. It already kind of is that like, it's already, if it isn't already that it's heading that direction. Yeah. I agree. But um, if it was like something that was like another company that was focused with like competing with AEW and it was close, it was kind of neck and neck. Like I feel like WWE would just kind of be like in the background. Like people would just be like, hey, who cares about that? Like we're, we're focused on these two. The, the craziest thing that could happen would be Triple H and Eric Bischoff starting a company together. Right. Like and you got to think Eric has <laughs> got to be itching. Like the, yeah. some of the crap he's been talking and stuff like that. Like what would happen if a major TV executive like approached him and been like, look, there's all this out there. Like I'll do this. Like, well, what do you think? And of course you bring Hogan and all that jazz, but I just, just in general, like it would be interesting because there's also a fan base that like of the more cornets and stuff that I think would watch that type of product over like an AEW. So, but it, it's all hearsay stuff. I'm not saying anything like that, but I am saying that like, I don't know if we've ever seen this many like talented free agents out in the market. And, and not only that, like it, year over year, there's going to be stuff like this. There's going to be free agents that keep popping up there from other companies. And it, it's going to be uh it's going to be a wild thing. I also think it proves that the WWE had plans of like global expansion yeah. or whatever the case may be. 
where they just like hired so many people because they plan on having so much television and it did not work out. Like that's, that's clear. Whatever they were trying to do, it did not work out. Yeah. I know that it's some sort of like Chinese expansion that like just didn't produce like anything. Um, I think they've tried a few different, they, I, they, I think they were trying to do what the UFC was doing, like where they would go to like all these different, like Mexico and Brazil and Japan and like set up like UFC performance center type places and like scout talent and like, you know, really. And so I really think that's, I think that's what Triple H is like. I think that's what his big thing was, was like making it. So there was like NXT America, NXT UK, NXT Canada, like kind of all over the place. Exactly. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious too, because like when they were going to Japan to, and they did like those beasts in the East shows and stuff where like Valor and Owens and stuff. And it was like almost like a test, I think, to see how that kind of stuff would go over there. Um, and yeah, so I, I just, you know, I, it just, it just didn't either didn't work or they gave up or a combination of the two. I, I think a lot of it is Nick Khan coming in and looking at dollars and cents and just being like, why are we spending all this money on these brands that don't make us money? So, and and increase is saying that Triple H started his own promotion would be great, but he would never betray Vince. Uh, hasn't he just gotten betrayed? Yeah, like, exactly. I, I, in my opinion, I think he would. I think he would. Um, I mean, I don't think he would go into something blind, like, he would definitely be prepared and whatever he's going to do. But, like, if you know that there is no future for you in the WWE as like an actual um, creator of a, of a company or anything like that to take over the reins or anything like that. Like, why wouldn't you, you know what I mean? Well, especially is mark my words, the WWE is going to sell. So like, so he might not be figured into their plans at all beyond a sale. So, you know, or it might be like a Dana White situation with the UFC where, they're part of the deal is contingent on Triple H staying or Vince or someone staying. Like for those of you who don't know, when the when the UFC sold from Lorenzo Fertitta and, and that family over to WMEIMG, a big stipulation of the sale was that Dana White had to stay as the president of the company for another like seven years or whatever. Yeah. So so they could do something like that with the, with WWE potentially because they might want somebody there that knows the business. Um, but they also might not like for all we know, they got some guy at Disney or, or wherever that like they think is going to be better at running the company for their, their new vision of it. Whoever the, the new yeah. owners are going to wind up being. So for all we know, Triple H, he might be looking for a way out already because he might know the company's going to sell in a year or two. And he's like, I'm not going to be here anyways. Like, I need to figure out what to do after this. Um, also, right. really quickly, before I forget to bring it up, we'll, we'll talk about it more because we're going to do full gear predictions during the show. Um, if you guys send super chats, we're going to be giving away a free entry for the Wrestle Rumble uh, full gear pick'em contest here on the show. The top prize for that is one thousand dollars. Second place gets a hundred, and third place gets a hundred as well. And the way you can get a potential entry, anyone who sends any super chat, we're going to put your name on a list, and at the end of the show, we're going to pick a name randomly off of that list. So, um, if you use the super chat more than ten dollars, then you'll get your name on the list twice. They uh, ups your chances of getting an entry. Um, from us, but that's just courtesy of our friends over there at Wrestle Rumble. They wanted to be a part of the show tonight and gave me some uh, some extra entries to give away tonight. So, or if someone's going to win a free entry to possibly win a thousand dollars, and all you got to do is send a super chat. We'll still answer your question. We'll still read out your statements. We'll put, still put it up on the screen, just like all the super chats. But you'll also get that little 
added a bonus of maybe winning a Wrestle Rumble entry. Yeah, and what's great about this is like, you know, there's a lot of Wrestle Rumbles that are WWE, and right now we're, I'm not really watching the WWE, but like I feel like I know AEW pretty well. So being able to predict AEW pay-per-views and um, I, I feel like I definitely have more of an idea of what could happen. So you really, if you're an AEW fan, you might have a really good shot at uh, at landing this thing. Yeah, and and they told me, uh, Matt from Wrestle Rumble, the guy who runs it, great dude. Uh, Matt told me they're planning to do every AEW pay-per-view going forward. So like it's something that That's if awesome. you, you, know, you jump on there, this contest, if you like it, there's more of them coming and it keeps you it's the only thing that keeps me invested in the WWE at all at this point because I fill out entries to try to win money when I watch the WWE pay-per-views but for those of you who never played like it's literally just a bunch of questions about winners and losers and stipulations sometimes it's about like if a table is going to break or if a certain person is going to interfere or if there's like a ladder match who's going to step on the ladder first it's a whole bunch of prop questions and winners and losers and uh match times and that kind of stuff so it's a lot of fun. It keeps you really invested in the show. So huge shout out to Wrestle Rumble. Um, they're they're awesome over there. The contests are so much fun, and they're only ten dollars by the way, like per entry. So if you wanted to jump on there, if you don't win one from us, then uh, you can still play along, and it's you know still a chance at a thousand dollars. So uh, Doug is here. So hey, whatever. <laughs> Hi. He's <laughs> playing uh, Bill. I'm guessing. I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Um, it's so funny to me how like still people don't know the channel's been going on for a long time. And it's like, <laughs> oh wow, it's Doug. You know, but, <laughs> yeah. no, it's all good. I'm That's here. Awesome. Um, yes. All right, so I guess we we'll just get into full gear. Um, kind of went over the releases. Oh, real quick. Um, you know, AEW. What? Well, who do you see that could, out of those batches? The, I'm thinking we're probably three, four max that could possibly be signed, and I'm thinking it's more so the women than the men. So, who, who in your mind do you think uh, could possibly show up in AEW? So, as I said earlier, for sure Ember Moon, uh, for yeah. sure Keith Lee, probably yeah. Mia Yim as well, um, and then. Blake Christian is going to be everywhere. It's just going to be a matter of like kind of where, what he wants to do. Like, I'd love to see see Blake Christian in the same kind of get the same kind of treatment as like, um, like Daniel Garcia or Lee Moriarty or one of those kind of like, like have him kind of work his way up, but just have banger. Dante Martin. Martin. I mean, that match right there would be sick. Just the two of them like opening a pay-per-view would be sick. Um, Uh, or he might go more like the Alex Zane route, who he's good buddies with, and kind of go everywhere. Ring of Honor. I kind of think that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah, because he was because Blake Christian was also doing some stuff in Impact before he signed with uh, with WWE, and Alex Zane's one of the number one contenders right now for the Impact X Division title, and he's also in GCW. And Blake Christian's already been announced for GCW next month. So, but I would say those would be like the ones that really stick out for me would be Blake Christian. Um, Keith Lee, Ember Moon, and Mia Yim. And then uh, I don't know what happens to Nia Jax going forward. I'll just throw that out there. I don't know where she fits in in, like, the wrestling world. WWE is really the best fit for her for, like, a lot of reasons. I don't think she has any real place on, like, the indies. Maybe Impact. Like, that's really the only company I could see maybe rolling with her. I think... I think the reason why she took it so hard is because it kind of really puts her future in doubt of like what she's going to do because uh, she's one of those that I, 
I don't see a huge path forward unless Tony Khan actually likes her, which I, I have no idea. Well, and honestly, like part of my line of thinking, whether this is right or wrong, like is just how I kind of feel about it, how I think about it. I'm very confident that Charlotte Flair is going to go to AEW and she probably doesn't want to deal with Nia Jax over there. It's going to be honest. Right. Like, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of girls in wrestling that just don't want to deal with Nia Jax, like for the, the hurting women and like, just never really. Well, and, and let's and, be honest. Like if you're AEW and you maybe don't have the strongest women's division, can you afford Nia Jax to like injure Britt Baker and take her out for a while? Can you afford to lose like one of your top stars with her? Like she's dangerous in there. Yeah, and she just isn't very good. Like, that's part of it, too. It's just, like, not – the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Like, she hasn't right. improved. Her best match ever was versus Asuka in NXT, and that was forever ago. I and thought so she had a pretty decent one with Ronda Rousey as well. Oh, yeah, and, good call. Okay, yeah, the, yeah, I'll that's, give that. That's, like, all I can give you. Yeah, so – and that's, like, she's been around long enough and been in enough really high-profile matches and, and, and stories and stuff to where, like, once again, I just don't think it, – it's similar to Braun Strowman in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, there are people that just weren't that good, and outside of the WWE system, there isn't a real, like, need for them anywhere in, in, yeah. in any particular company, and they're also probably going to ask for a lot of money. That's exactly the thing, too. It's like they're not going to be cheap either. Yeah, so – but the majority of the people that were let go, I think, are going to be fine. They'll 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 find somewhere to work. Um, I mean, hell, like Steve Macklin from the WWE. That guy has no personality, but like he was a former you know WWE wrestler and he's solid and he's had good matches and impact. But I'm kind of yeah. like, if that dude can catch on right out of the WWE, like anyone on this list can. You know what I mean? Like, what do you what do you do with Cross? Bloodsport. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't like. I don't see him going back to Impact because that didn't end well. Um, no, I don't see him fitting in AEW. The saddest thing is, I think we talked about it last week. the The place that he fits in is NXT 2.0. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? Like, like he because yeah. he came in, he owned the entire NXT 1.0 roster as with the NXT 2.0 style of wrestling, and now, yeah. and now he's not there, and the whole like because like. Karrion Cross versus like uh, Steiner Breaker, like like that's like that's that's <laughs> an actual like like that, but like that's like an actual like I could see that being like what NXT 2.0 is all about, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But instead, he's not. I mean, because he's not. You're not going to go back to Impact. I don't think he fits in an AEW for like a lot of reasons. You know, um, maybe GCW, they, dude. You know what they sh- they should do GCW or JCW even better. Do the Jer- Jersey Ooh. Championship Wrestling. Ooh. Do him versus Joshua Bishop. Have them just beat the hell out of each other. How about yeah. that? Yeah, I don't. Maybe maybe New Japan. Yeah, I, I could I could see that. I could see that. MLW. He has he has a stiff style. He could. I. He's got he's got a look that would be intimidating for the Japanese. I think. Like I think I think he could fit there. Yeah, he could fit into New Japan. Like, if he does more of like an MMA strong style based kind right. of arsenal, he could he could do well there. That's why I said Bloodsport because he he did well in Bloodsport before the WWE. So like, I could see him fitting in. Well I could for see that him being in like 
cheesy straight to digital action movies as well like yeah stuff like that i i think he could because he he does have a presence about him he he can talk on the mic um he used to have like little video vignettes that were pretty badass so but yeah that's that's unfortunate you know the funny thing was is uh i remember when he was a free agent he tweeted out like where should i go then, like, I remember tweeting at him being like, the number one place you do not want to go is WWE. <laughs> it will not know how to use you, and it will not work. And he basically said that, like, not, not to me in general, but he just said so many people told him not to go to WWE, and he wanted to prove them wrong. And that didn't happen. You basically were proven wrong. So, um yeah, it, it it was a disaster, especially the way Scarlett got. I was treated about to say we didn't even like, talk about Scarlett, but she's in the same boat as him. Like that that that's one case of like the two of them should go together. Where like I agree, should, you know. Which honestly, I think that they can find a home together. Like I think that they they as a package deal, they're they're pretty solid. Yeah, no, I agree, and and he it's mutually beneficial that that pairing on television like he is more of a badass like with her like she adds to his presentation and then definitely and then he like gives her like instant credibility like being associated with her so like it's uh it's definitely mutually beneficial um i got something i can tell you well i can kind of hmm I got a, I got a good article Ooh. coming up soon that I can't talk a whole lot about, but like I got some pretty cool answers about. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you after the stream. Okay. Cool. Yeah. We got a super chat, so Michael's on the list for a Wrestle Rumble entry. Um, appreciate it, Michael. And by the way, man, looks like your Patriots are kind of figuring it out. They're they're turning the corner there. I'm I'm pretty proud of that win now, so I'm I'm feeling good about it. Um, if Keith Lee were to debut in AEW, what would be your guys' fantasy booking for his debut? Uh, you know, like, I, I feel like his best matches have been, like, against uh, Donovan. Um, I don't even know his WWE Don, name. Uh, but yeah, T-Bar. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, before that, like, I feel like he's always had incredible matches with him, but, like, I don't feel like WWE – AEW has those type, a lot of those type of guys. I think Will Hobbs would be kind of cool, like two big powerhouses. Because I think, I think that's where he he stands out. Maybe like him and Wardlow, um, something something like that. But he's also had like a great match with Matt Riddle and PWG. He was really good in Evolve. I mean, he can pretty much wrestle anybody. I just don't think he should be like wrestling really small people. But for the most part, um, I think he can wrestle with anybody. I don't. I don't know if I. I mean, honestly, I think him and Kenny Omega would have a banger match. I think that would be really good. I, him and Brian Danielson, I think, would have a really good match as well. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, there's just a lot of options with him. He's so versatile. Like, I, I whenever I talk about him, I always say he's the kind of guy that can pick you up over his head and throw you over the top rope, and then do a front flip over the top rope and hit you again. Like, I mean, he's like, you, you can wrestle anybody of any size. Uh, so I really don't know what I would want his debut to be. Although I will say, not enough people are talking about it, but like, you know, he used to have a tag team with Shane Taylor and Shane Taylor yep. is now like, he's gotten a lot better in ring of honor 
and they used to wrestle they used to wrestle in like tuxedos like yeah like almost like little like tuxedo security guard looking things and uh because i used to go to roh in san antonio and they would be like the local jobber guys that got to wrestle and it was shane taylor and keith lee and i mean keith lee stood out so much over shane taylor like it wasn't even close like i thought shane taylor would amount to nothing i was like keith lee's the guy shane taylor's just like whatever and to like see the growth of shane taylor like you really got to give him props because it was not viewed as like equal at all so yeah but yeah so that's, that, a, that would that's be a match cool, i'd like cool to see yeah i think keith lee and dante martin would have a killer too i thought about that too that i mean the, the, it would just be super innovative the stuff that those guys oh. would think of so yeah you could really you could really throw anyone in there lee moriarty that'd be a real stylistic contrast yes. i like um, that one so yeah there's a lot of really good options for keith lee i i, I don't know on the what's gonna be really funny is if he signs with AEW. Because you know they'll do him and Adam Cole doing budge skits on BTE because like he was supposed to be his manager and everything. Like you, you know yeah. that they're gonna like so that could like the BTE yeah. side with Keith Lee could be really funny. Um, yeah, Brian uh, Cage that would be really good. Keith Lee and Brian Cage. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the best options for sure. Yeah, I like that one. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, and then the other women, I mean, I, I would think they would they would want Taya just because I think she brings a, a good presence. Her, Britt Baker, um, Statlander, Thunder Rosa. I mean, now we're starting to talk about Ruby Soho. And I mean, now it's starting to get pretty good. If you can get Ember Moon, Taya Valkyrie, you know what I mean? I, I, I think those would be two that I would definitely want. Um and they could even kind of put Ty in with the Lucha Bros because she's like, uh, you know, Loka or whatever. And th th there's a lot of different ways they could go there too. So I think that'd be cool. I just wonder, like, did 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 any of these people burn their bridges? Like, were they offered contracts and were turned down? Like, how did that go? Because they were free agents and they decided to go to WWE. Like, do you just say, uh, never mind, you're on your own, good luck? Um, because, you know, that there isn't a lot of room. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, especially with the Ring of Honor guys. Like, there's just so many out there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Like, Taya, I can see Taya and Mia Yim both possibly going back to Impact, too. Like, because yeah. I, don't, I don't think that they, I don't think they exited the company, like, in any kind of negative way. It was just, like, their contracts running up and them signing right. somewhere else. Um, So, like, the, all, all the women on the list, well, all the women we've talked about on the list will have options outside of probably Nia Jax. Um, there was a couple others that like aren't that never really got a start. Like they were on like two hundred five live. So, the the one, the one from that uh, group. Uh, I don't know what that guy. Oh, B Fab for uh, B Fab like, group. Yeah, they signed her to a main roster deal, and one week later they cut her. Like that's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. I don't know anything about her, so I can't really speak to like. Her talent level, although green, she's green. I, I I did see in a I was doing a show with Jesse last week, and someone in the chat mentioned that she had like the two worst matches that they'd seen all year. Like it was like both involved B Fab. So I was like, well, she was green. Yeah, she was green. And there was other names on the list too, like that Jeet Rama dude. Like 
he was okay, but he'd also been in the system since 2015. Like there's certain people they're probably just looking at and being like, they're just not progressing fast enough. Right. What, what, right. We, what we're looking for. Um, totally agree. So it just is what it is, but yeah. All right. Well, guys, if you're appreciating the conversation, please smash that like button. Um, so far, we only have one Wrestle Rumble contestant in the, the raffle, so this is going to be a pretty easy night for us. If nobody else sends Super Chats, Michael mm-hmm. will get get the uh, entry. So if uh, you guys have any questions, please send them through. Uh, it always supports the channel. We appreciate it. And uh, we're just going to basically go over full gear. So if you want to send a question to add to the conversation or to just pivot to something totally different, let me know and uh, send it through, and we'll, we'll change uh our our, cop, our topic so i guess let's just jump into it right now um kenny omega adam hangman page i think everyone universally thinks that hangman has to win and i am not convinced so bring out the pitchforks and let's go because i think people are programmed to think a certain way when it comes to stuff like this and it's like you can't they don't want the Tyler Black Ring of Honor uh, title run that it took so long that by the time that he actually won it, nobody really cared. They don't want the Booker T, Triple H, WrestleMania to where it's like the guy who should have clearly won didn't win and it was a mess and whatever. My biggest concern is Brian Danielson is likely going to beat Miro, right? So if Hangman wins he will have to face Brian Danielson. And if he is not as over as I feel like he should be, I feel like that the title reign could go south quick. So that's my biggest concern. And one thing, I don't know if this is actually true, but I've kind of heard rumors about it and I'm starting to see it on TV a lot. Hangman is no longer an alcoholic. Hangman is no longer drinking. He's no longer bringing alcohol. And I heard that it's basically because of what John Moxley is going through. And so they tried to pivot there. But that's a huge part of his character. And it's like, and, and the biggest thing I also have is, let's be honest, when we were going into All Out, it was really making sense that it was going to be Kenny and Hangman. Then Hangman had to leave. And I'm not blaming him for leaving, so don't don't go there. But then the focus became CM Punk coming to AEW. Then the focus became Brian Danielson coming to AEW, Adam Cole coming to AEW. Then Kenny actually pivoted and faced off with Brian Danielson, where we still have unfinished business. This match was a draw. And it kind of makes sense to me that Kenny would win and finish up with Brian Danielson. Adam Page would come very close to winning, but he just wasn't ready. And then that's where the story really picks up to where, how do we get Adam Page ready to beat Kenny Omega at the next pay-per-view? That's in my opinion, revolution. How do we get him there? Because to me, it's like everything was focused on something else and then Hangman shows up in a, in a ladder match, wins the number one contendership, 
hasn't really beat anybody credible or anything, really. And he's all of a sudden, like, the number one guy that Kenny's afraid of and that he's going to lose his belt to. It just it, – it feels flat to me. Yeah, I'm – I totally get where you're coming from. I did say for, like, all this whole – like, for months, if not years, actually, like, at this point, that, like, I thought Revolution was the right time for – this to happen because that was like the, that, the big tag team match. Everyone always talks about that was revolution. Like when they were the tag champions, against the young bucks and all that stuff. And like, it's a, it's a pay-per-view that's like synonymous with them. And it would have given them more time to like really reestablish hangman because of him having time off and the focus being off him for everything you just said. But because the match is happening on this pay-per-view, like, because I was, I was saying before, I personally thought they were going to go with Danielson versus Omega for the title on this show. Yep. And then Omega was going to retain. And then they were going to do Hangman versus Omega at Revolution. And that's where Hangman was going to win, was, was yep. what I thought they were going to do. But it's one of those things where it's like, if they're going to do the Hangman and, and Kenny match on this pay-per-view, I just feel like Hangman has to win. Like, it, it just... Because... Because then it's like, so would he be rebuilt in a few months, in like three months to be the number one contender again? And they're going to run that back as the same main event on the next pay-per-view when they have like this giant roster of of talent and stuff. I just don't think they do the same pay-per-view main event in back-to-back. I could be wrong, but I just don't see them doing that. I, think I feel like Hangman just has the, to win. I think it just depends on the story going in, right? Like to me, it's like, this was a very compelling story and then they kind of went away from it. And like, there's a couple things I think they really dropped the ball on. Like, I think that Adam Cole and hangman should have absolutely had a conversation. Like what happened? Where, what went wrong? Like there needs, there need to be more drama there. Like I said, he just went away and now he's back and now Kenny has to face him. Like, and I think people want Kenny's title reign to end because they're tired of this goofy character. But, like, I still think Kenny could definitely still deliver as a champion and it's it, it necessarily shouldn't end yet. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just... Th- to me, this was the biggest match that AEW possibly could have done. And I feel like it should have way more hype than it does right now. I, I feel like it's pretty flat. And I'm hoping that that contract signing has the same type of vibes as CM Punk and Eddie Kingston to where it's like a match you were looking forward to. And then you see that promo and then it's like, hell yeah, I want to see that. You know what I mean? And on top of that, I don't know if you watched the road to yet. But dude, that Eddie at that Eddie Kingston CM Punk video package thing they did is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. And basically, Eddie views himself as an embodiment of karma. And for all the people that CM Punk has disrespected and acted like a punk too and treated like crap in this business, he's gonna pay for it through Eddie and Eddie is the one that's going to decide if CM Punk has changed or not after that match. He's got to go through him to be able to be like, it's okay that Punk now has changed his ways. 
Like it's not just all of a sudden you can just come back and be happy go lucky punk. You know what I mean? So I like that storyline a lot. And I think what's incredible about that is we just went through um like he he interrupted his promo, right? Like that's where it all started. And now here we are with deep ROH connections and past and bringing up punk's faults and people not sure who's the baby face and who's the heel and all this stuff. Like that is the power of storytelling. And that is what gets people emotionally invested. And I just feel like that that match has almost more hype than anything on this pay-per-view. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. Some of that should be towards other things. So that that's my only concern. It just feels like full gear is one of the things that where it's kind of like it got here without us even like, um, I don't know, just like heavily anticipating it or whatever. It's just kind of like, Oh, full gears this week. Great. Yay. You know what I mean? So, um, I, AEW and I love AEW and all that. And I don't mean to be critical, but I do feel like when you have CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole debut, and none of those guys wrestled but CM Punk at all out, right? But, like, we're less hyped than what we were before they came. That, that to me, seems like a problem. Well, I mean, that won't stop, though, because, like, I could see like Bray Wyatt and like others, like they're going to like, there's going to be some big debuts probably happening very soon too. So like they're not in touch with all all the releases in the ring this Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Like there could be ring of honor talent that like Jonathan Gresham could come out and go face to face with Brian Danielson. Like Briscoe's. Yeah. I mean, there's so, but I think the right move, I just, you mentioned it before with Tyler Black, the same kind of thing happened. It happens almost all the time with Impact Wrestling, uh, where they yeah. wait way too long to put the title yeah. on the right person. And like by the time they win it, it's like you should have done this six months a year ago. But um, do you think though, if they continue the story, like it's one thing he didn't win, but then all of a sudden he gets thrown out in the you know way in the back, and he's like feuding with like Ricky Starks or something. Then yeah, that that's no bueno. But like if he is still connected to Kenny in a way or like him and him and uh, Brian Danielson have to face each other for the number one contendership and he possibly wins or vice versa. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like that there could be a way for him to get back to Kenny. Um, it, it, it just depends for me, but I, I just, I can be totally wrong too. Like Hangman can win and the whole place goes completely ballistic and he's the most over guy by far. I just I just don't know if you really want his like first match feud, I guess, with Brian Danielson, you know, to test his like babyface versus babyface. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But it's also like the winner of Danielson and Miro gets a future AEW world title match. They haven't said like when that is. No. So no. they could usually they're like a couple of weeks in dynamite. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you might wind up getting, cause I'm totally fine with that. The idea of hangman page beating Brian Danielson, like retaining the AEW world title on dynamite, like a big dynamite kind of thing. 
Um, but like Hangman's actual feud is a heel, like for the pay per view. Yeah. Um, because AEW's been great about that. Like they'll book babyface versus babyface and heel versus heel all day and just let the fans decide. Um, and like the Kingston and Punk stuff. Like, I, shout out to Eddie Kingston. Like I read that article that he that he put together. Um, it was long. It was really really good. Uh, a lot of people were talking about it today. I just retweeted it before the show. Um, Meltzer had put a link up and I just retweeted it. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, I feel like it'd just be a really, really bad. It, it It's, I don't know. It's just one of those things. The, Hangman, just, it just, he just has to win. Like, I think it just hurts him way too much. I feel like match. the backlash would be huge. I yeah. feel like people would be really upset about it. And you but also good, feel like it well with the AEW audience that's like been waiting yeah. for this particular thing to happen for so they've been building I it for think, three years. I think that give Kenny some real heat though. Oh boy, he nah, he's already out of got building. heat though. He's already got heat. I think he has heat, but I think that would really ramp it up. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I guess. Like, I, I'm okay with whatever happens, right? Because no matter what, Kenny's champ, Hangman's champ, it's all fine, right? But um, I just don't necessarily agree how we got here. I think that they should have done things differently. And I think that they should have really focused when Hangman came back, really deep dive into him and Kenny. So, like, it really feels like that this is Hangman's time, that mentally he's way better and all that. And I And like I said, that segment tomorrow could really do well and that would definitely help but um but but we'll just we'll just see so overall prediction i think hangman is gonna win so that that's that's what i'll stick with yeah my prediction is hangman as well i expect it to be a really damn good match a really damn good storytelling and he will kick out of the one wing angel yeah well if he kicks out of that he has to win like he has yeah. to win the match. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But I do think 100%. you're right. I think he will kick out of the one wing angel. Um, I agree. So, so yeah, I'm going. Hey, man, got a super chat that can kind of lead us into the Kingston and uh, Punk prediction too. Yes, Sean, thanks so much. Uh, you're down now for the Wrestle Rumble entry as well. Uh, Kingston is awesome. Curious what a Kingston title reign looks like, but I'm here for it. Um, so. You know, the thing, the thing, I, I'm really like, I don't want to say like dumbfounded, but I'm I'm pretty shocked by how successful Eddie Kingston's been. Just because like the way that Punk described Eddie and called him a bum, like That's I how you felt like about him. No, I know. I, I remember when we were doing the that, show. I know. That's how I felt about him. Yeah. So to me, to see him like this over and all that, but like Punk is easily one of the best on the mic of all time, right? Like, he definitely had amazing promos and holds his own. Sure. But, like, Eddie's, like, right there with him. I mean, Eddie is ridiculous on the mic. And I feel like a lot of people are just discovering Eddie Kingston. Like, there's definitely people that have been long diehard fans to me, he was always just a sideshow guy, almost like a manager. Like if you remember, like the LAX stuff in in TNA and or Impact, um, every now and then in ROH or whatever indie show he was in, like he just he never was like that big 
attraction, right? And I I feel like if AEW didn't exist, a Eddie Kingston would never be on television, like in a mainstream way. Um, I don't feel like the WWE would have ever signed him, and I don't. I think at best maybe Ring of Honor like is the best he would have done. Um, you know, he wasn't in WA, but I mean, mm. no. When you even said right. in the article today, like that. It, the match because I talk about it all the time that that match he had with Brett Eisen at ICW when after the match he called out Cody and Nick Aldis and stuff he said in the article that like he was pretty much done with wrestling like he had accepted it for the most part like that he was right. just never gonna but he took that booking in Jersey because he was like oh, this is gonna be fun like they put a ring out in a in a bat in like a literal backyard like a field like that'll be fun to do that like before i hang it up basically i'll do you know that kind of just for fun uh and that was the show that got him a look from AEW which is yeah i mean like i'm just just to validate like you're saying most people probably didn't see him ever being on you know big tv like this like he was right there with all the fans like he didn't expect to this to ever happen either yeah and 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 like <laughs> I've heard stories about like CM Punk saying the same type of stuff to like Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. Yeah. Like he didn't like the fact that Kevin Owens was fat and like wrestled in a t shirt and all that type of stuff. So some of this stuff is definitely valid what Eddie said to um, Punk. And I thought it was interesting. Like I, I saw Emil's tweet where he said that, um, you know, it was clear that Punk was the heel in that segment. And I don't know. I think they both had heelish tactics. I thought it was really cold-blooded when when Eddie went up to Punk's face and told him that nobody in that locker room wants him here. I thought that was pretty brutal, too. So, um, it, it's a, it's an interesting story. I, I give them so much credit because on Tony Khan's paper, he had CM Punk versus Wardlow for the full gear card. And he pivoted and he went with Eddie Kingston. And I mean, I think this thing has just been money. I, I, I look forward to this match very much. Um, I think it's going to be really good. And I think, I think what really just people like about Eddie Kingston is he's just real. He's just yeah. a real dude and uh, there's nothing fake about him. And uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised how big of a star he has become, but like, I don't, I don't hate them for it. Like, I don't think he doesn't deserve it. Like he's earned his spot. And uh, I thought his match with Brian Danielson was really good. I thought his match with Miro was really good. I think his match with CM Punk's going to be really good, but overall, I think CM Punk's going to win. I think that puts him at seven and zero, And I think, it could possibly turn him heel or get close to. And that might be Adam Page's next feud. I don't know, but I think we're getting close to that. Yeah. I think that at some point that's exactly what we're going to get. Um, we've been calling for that for since Punk, you know, we knew he was heading to AEW, him and Hangman. So like, yeah, I think that's, I, I, I fully expect CM Punk to beat Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie loses most of his high profile matches, but it just doesn't matter. Like he just stays over. So like wins and losses yeah. for him really don't make a difference. As long as he's not always losing, like he gets, he gets a big win here and there, but for the most part, he loses his big matches, but <clears throat> he can keep himself over on the microphone. 
uh, throughout. It doesn't matter how many times he loses. I thought the promo between the two was awesome. I thought Eddie came off way more as the heel, but it depends on what perspective yeah. you're looking at. Like the fans in the know, like Emil and like us and stuff, like we we hear that and we're like, oh, we're on Eddie's. Like we agree with what Eddie's saying, but like the delivery right. of it was very heelish. And you could tell Punk was almost kind of caught off guard where he's yep. like, he's like, whoa, like you're going to go there right now. Like, yeah. there, but also the, he, I think, think, I honestly think there needs to be more of these kind of moments for CM Punk where he needs to be kind of like humble isn't the right word, but kind of like be brought down to earth. Like, cause when, when the way that he acts and stuff, is super like, I know I'm CM Punk. I know I'm this giant star and I know I'm doing a big favor to this company by being here and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of how it feels. Like he's like, yeah, I love wrestling again. Like everyone's here. Cause like, you know, I'm a big part of people are here and I'm going to help the next generation. And like, it's all this stuff. But like at the end of the day, like he's not the best in the world in the ring in that company. Like he's, right. he's like, he's, he's okay. Still at what he's doing. Like he's not, bad by any means but like he's when you really look at it on paper outside of his popularity he's probably mid-level as far as like in-ring wrestlers that the AEW has he's right i mean he's very good on the microphone but he's but there are other guys who can rival him in the microphone in AEW, yeah and he's also old like, and yeah. we also saw his MMA career. Like, I thought, I thought that's where Eddie Kingston was going next. I thought for sure he was going to bring oh. that up. Um, well, and it's tough. Too, someone's going like, to when eventually. he's when he's in his face and they're like doing the pull apart. I'm like, come on now. Like, if, yeah. if they're going to fight, like we can call this a, a day. Like, it's not going to go well, you know. Well, and it's it's no coincidence that like he has not been brought up once in this whole American Top Team MMA stuff. Like, mm. they never bring him up as like. No. Yeah, you want to avoid that at all costs, but someone's eventually going to bring it up. And I'd imagine CM Punk has a bullet locked in the chamber ready to go for the person who who says something. Like, he probably has his comeback already thought of. Like, you know, if if, if, I Kevin, had the balls if, Kevin, uh, if Kevin Steen goes to AEW, then I could see that one being the one. That'd be that'd be pretty wild. But anyway, like, I just, I, I feel like the... It's, one of those, it's just one of those things. Like, CM Punk's still a big star. He's still very good at the stuff he does. But yeah. he isn't I, – I don't think he's even in the top probably 15 of, like, overall best best wrestlers that they have. Like, right. you know, like, so – But, like, if you hear Tony talk about him, I mean, like, all oh, the Warner execs love him, and he's just oh, such sure. a huge part for a cup. Like, I mean, there he's going – I think he's going to become champion. I think he's going to be – have a huge focus on him. I think he's going to be in every pay-per-view in a big match, like – I think he's going to be a big deal part of AEW. One thing though, Punk, can can we shave the beard? Like the <laughs> white beard, like it, it already, you know, you already look a little old. Like the white beard really puts it over the top. So, and and what what I'm saying too is more from the perspective of like the wrestlers on screen because like like if you're if you're a hangman page or a Ricky Starks, or, you know, you can name a lot of these young up and coming, a Darby Allen, like whatever, like why are like, you should be going out there and being like, yo, you're old news. Like you're a big star from another company. Like I'm like, you oh, can't MJF. hold a candle to me now though. Yeah. MJF no, MJF, yeah. Will, 
will bury Punk so bad. But that should be the attitude of like a lot of the younger wrestlers because it's like yeah. I'm better than this guy. Like this isn't right. like you shouldn't be like just happy that you get to share the ring with CM Punk. Like right. you're basically acknowledging he's a big star and you're not. Like no, you like you know you're better than this guy now. Go go prove it. Like don't. Well, I thought it was funny props. too that Punk was like, well, the reason you don't get CM Punk versus Orange Cassidy is because Eddie Kingston interrupted my promo. Like that to me is heel. Yeah. Like that is like, and then not only that, you would have gotten me and Brian Danielson because he's already saying he's going to beat Orange. So, um, yeah, that that to me is definitely um, more heelish. And like, dude, I'm telling you, watch that video package. Oh, it is amazing. Yeah. Like, basically, he was like, I could, I didn't know. He's like, I had a dream. And or something like that. And he's like, and then I saw Punk and I couldn't, I, I didn't know who was the snake and who was the snail between me and him. And then it would like show Punk with some evil music and then just show Eddie. And like, it's beautiful. Their production crew hit a home run with that thing. Oh, yeah. Well, official prediction, definitely CM Punk. So CM Punk, I think, I think, it, like I said, he could possibly start to do some, some heel tactics to win that match. And I think it could go into the direction of Punk turning heel. Um, and, and like I said, at that point, I think it'd be 7-0. and So he he's starting to be like a top contender. Also, I mean, I wouldn't mind like a really solid program between him and Brian Danielson as well. Like, yes, we've seen it, but I think that they could really have some some cool stuff too. Oh, yeah. Oh, all these things are going to happen. It's just a matter of like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what do we got next? You want me to choose? No, uh, on the card. Yeah, well, I don't know what, what order you were going in because, like, those I don't are, know. I'm just thinking off the yeah. top of my head. Oh, you're so. off the top of your head. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll throw that another one out. We got uh, Darby on versus MJF, which oh, I beautiful, uh, beautiful build up for this as well. I, I think this is going to be the best match of the show outside of maybe Hangman and Omega. Like, I think MJF and Darby are going to go out to like really prove a point. Like on a show full of established stars like Miro and Danielson and, you know, Christian being on this and Jericho and obviously, you know, Punk and all this stuff. There are all these big names. Like I think the Darby and, and MJF are going to go out there and try to steal the show. And it's a perfect, a true baby face and a true heel going at it. Like, Definitely. and you got Wardlow who could be a factor. You got Sting who could be a factor. Yeah. Um, and this is a really hard one to predict because I think either guy could win or lose and like it totally makes sense. Um, but I like I think MJF should stay super protected because like MJF and Hangman for the title is money for me. Like to me, like I love the idea of that. Um, especially if MJF's the one to beat him for the title. But I, I would want that, you know, months down the line. But but either like but no but the great thing here is knowing AEW, neither guy is gonna be hurt by losing this match. Like both guys yeah. are still gonna be established main eventers. No one's gonna like drop down the card, just one's gonna be closer to a title shot, the other one's still gonna be one of the top guys in the company. So I'm gonna officially take MJF unless unless Wardlow costs him the match, which is possible. Right. But yeah. I'm gonna say if Wardlow doesn't cost MJF the match, I think MJF wins this one. I think MJF's going to win, and I also think there's going to be tension between him and Wardlow after the match, but I think MJF's still going to find a way to win. Like, that's basically – because I think that that's probably what's next is MJF and Wardlow. They've been hitting at it for a while. It buys MJF time. 
Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they're in any rush to give MJF the title. I really don't. I think that they view him as the young guy that's always kind of going to be there. He's 25 years old. And I think that they're going to try to capitalize on the Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, CM Punks for now. And then when those guys have said goodbye, then it's going to be MJF's company, basically. I think that's kind of their plan. But I could be totally wrong, too. He could be the next champion for all we know. Well, I think Darby's the same way, just on the babyface side. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'd say there's all the same exact things about him. Like, I think Darby's a future AEW world champion and uh, everything that I, you just said about MJF. I could I could say the same exact thing for Darby. So, like, I mean, that's it's inc- it's great that those two guys are the, the ages they are and the, the levels they are already because – the next decade they're going to be main eventers for this company. So, and I think that's another thing too, is they both want to go out and prove that they are pillars of the company. Yeah. You know what I mean? So exactly. I think that that match is going to be really good. I, I, I could have swore like when AEW first started, I really wanted MJF and Darby because they were just such contrast, but they were such like the young up and comers. So I feel like this match has been long overdue. And uh, I think they did wrestle in a triple threat right off the bat in like the the first, the, not the it was like one of those. Um, was it with Jimmy Havoc for the fallen? Yeah, maybe it was like him and and maybe Spears or something. I don't remember, but it was like a three way or four way, and it was like MJF in there as well. And uh, that's I think that's like the only time they really wrestled. So yeah, this has been long overdue. I'm well, really looking forward to it. Is it long overdue? Or I don't I don't think that's true. I think it's like perfect how it's worked out. Like this is no, the no, right great, time to do it. Yeah, great. I just anticipate. you've been looking forward to it for a long time. Yes, yeah. that's what I mean. Um, but not like they've dropped the ball and this should have happened. Like like yeah, just anticipation for me. Like I've always like kind of fantasy booked this matchup in my head. Right. So I think that the buildup's been really good. It's probably one of the best buildups of the pay per view. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to this. Like I said, we got MJF winning this match. Hell yeah. Got another super chat. I'm gonna put Vincent's name down as well if you want to read that out. Sure. Would a punk heel turn? Heard MJF is a top heel in the company. Thanks, Vince. I appreciate that. Um, I don't think so because nobody goes as far as MJF. Like, Punk can do some dirty things. He could be a jerk, whatever. He's not going to top, you know, having MJF called his mom a slut. Uh, He's been talking about his dad being an effing loser. Like, just trashing his parents. Like, he's just... He he's I, I and and the experience you get when you meet that guy like he, there's no there's no redeeming quality about that man like nothing um so yeah I I think no matter what he's always going to be hated and I honestly think his entire career he will never turn babyface yeah. Yeah, n- never fully. He might like fake it for a minute or something. But, well, like, remember kind of the, the Cody, Cody Rhodes yeah. stuff? Roller and he's all like getting with the crowd, like ah! and I yeah. was just like, this is so weird. But it's it no, never. That was a cool contrast too, because he was only a baby face when it came to helping Cody, and Cody was like the and, only person who didn't realize how big of a dick. Don't he you was. feel like? Don't you feel like Cody and him have unfinished business? One hundred percent, because he cost Cody the chance to ever be. That's what I'm to, saying. Yeah. and like Cody's just kind of let that. And see, that's the type of booking to me where, like, Cody kind of just went south. Like, 
it's like you just let him get away with it. It's fine. Now I'm feuding with like Nightmare Family, and it's just like, ugh. Like I've liked the stuff that Cody's been doing Mm -hmm. like recently, but I I just feel like that there was a lot of stuff where they 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 dropped the ball with Cody. They'll for sure come back to uh, MJF and Cody one billion percent. I agree. Like, if Cody's ever going to challenge for the world title, it'll be because, like, he has to beat MJF to, like, right that wrong to, like, get a title shot or something. Or MJF will be the champion. Like, that's probably how it'll work out. Like, MJF will be the champion, and Cody will be the one to beat him or something. Like, um, who knows? But they, they AEW won't forget. Like, we're t- the main event of this show is a three-year-long storyline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're, they're not going to forget. Um, uh, okay. Jake also had one more thing too. Um, see, uh, Kenta yeah. did challenge CM Punk. Uh, possible Kenta showing up to face CM Punk for Wrestle Kingdom. What, what do you think about that? Uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I would be cool with that. Um, and we know that Tony Khan can make that happen. Kenta's already shown up in AEW before. Um, if CM Punk is actually able to go to Japan in January, then that could happen. So there's something to, so it's just, you just never know. Like if, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm definitely, I'm definitely planning some surprises for full year. There's way oh, too many people. There's way too many free agents that could come. Like there's just way too many things that could happen to not do anything. I don't know how long it'll take, but like, especially cause I saw, I saw Malachi Black, uh, some sort of interview where he was talking about how he's going to expand the house of black and like bring in people and stuff like Brody King's for sure. Going to be one of those. 100%. So, 100%. So, um, I think, I think, I think Brody, I think Bray should be one too. I think Brody Bray Malachi. I think that would be a badass faction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next match we got is. We got Lucha Bros taking on FTR, a match we've seen a few times recently, but this is going to be for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Who you got in this one? Because I've seen a lot of people that think like FTR has to win. And then no. I don't, but okay, go ahead with your prediction. <laughs> I mean, dream would be FTR to win and then face the Briscoes. That would be my my dream. But I mean, Lucha Bros just won the titles. I just, you can't, you can't take them off of them right now, in my opinion. I think. I think they have to continue to win. Um, and, and, and like they were when they won, they felt like superstars. They had like match of the night. They had those amazing entrances. They were celebrating with their kids. Like it just it, it, it came across as like they have finally arrived. And I just can't imagine them losing the titles the next pay-per-view. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think the Lucha Brothers have to retain, like especially because FTR beat them for the AAA titles not too long ago. Um, and I love the idea of FTR like defending those titles in Mexico and AAA and stuff. Like that could be a lot of fun. The but, heel heat that those guys are gonna get, would be yeah, amazing. and not do any Lucha stuff. I like, agree. Um, but I, you know, the Lucha Brothers. Just to put it in perspective, I talk about my brother a lot because he's like a casual. He's a casual wrestling fan only when because he watches it when he's around me. I always talk about him and right. And, but basically, the reason I bring him up is because I think he's a really good gauge for like the casual viewer. Like I think the stuff that he likes because if you can get him to really like something, I'm like if he likes it, a lot of casual fans are gonna like it. 
And yeah. he loves the Lucha Bros. Like they're easily his favorite tag team, like by far. Um, yeah. And so, I would like, say I, the same for my friend Chris, who was like a diehard wrestling fan with me and Bill growing up and then didn't watch anymore and then went to Double or Nothing with us. He went to New Japan with me in Dallas. But he still doesn't really watch Dynamite every week or anything like that. He kind of pays attention to it, whatever. But like he was really bummed when the Lucha Bros just like weren't getting to push anymore. Like cause it cause it was like he went to double or nothing, he saw the Bucks and the Lucha Bros. And then the next pay-per-view, it was like Bucks and Lucha Bros. And then it was kind of like they they kind of got like deep pushed for a while and that bummed him out. So I agree. I, I think they are very, especially Phoenix, like they're very like they stand out big time. They're very toyetic looking. They have amazing moves. Um, they have a catchphrase that drives you insane. Um, <laughs> but uh, the crowd loves cheering for it. And, they, and I've, I've been to crowd multiple times when those guys come out and they're super over. Uh, like I said, I, I, I don't think there's any way they're losing this match. Yeah, I I got Lucha Bros as well. I think the match I think it's gonna be way better than their match on Dynamite for the AAA title. I think they're gonna kill it. I think they're yeah. gonna kill it. People forget how good FTR is, man. Like if you go back and watch those NXT matches, they're they're amazing. Yeah, them versus like American Alpha and uh um yep. uh, DIY and that kind of stuff. Yep. Really, really good matches. Um the next one we got the inner circle, the combination of Jericho, Hager, Guevara, Ortiz, and Santana against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page and Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olofsky, and Dan Lambert in a Minneapolis street fight. Um, I'll say I'm bummed that Masvidal isn't involved in this, but it makes yeah. sense because he's fighting Leon Edwards yeah. next month. Too so soon. Like, yeah. But I do fully expect, regardless of what happens in this match, we will get Jorge Masvidal versus Chris Jericho one-on-one at some point. Mm. Like, that's got to happen. Mm. Um, but I have no idea how this match goes. Like, Dan Lambert is a lifelong fan. I, I think Dan Lambert on AEW is incredible. I know it's polarizing, but, like, I love his promos. And he's a lifelong diehard fan of wrestling like you know he's going to go into this wanting this to be really really good because he's always wanted to do this Orlovsky and Dos Santos are kind of both wild cards like we've seen a little of Dos Santos in the ring and he was okay for what he needed to do Orlovsky is one of my top three favorite heavyweight fighters ever so like I'm I'm gonna be in the minority like I really really like this feud but it's mainly because like I'm so into MMA and I'm a Chris Jericho mark so like it's it's kind of perfect for me but I also understand people who aren't aren't into this, but I got to go with the inner circle winning this one. What about you? Yeah, I, I think the inner circle should win. Um, like Jericho's going to like Lambert tap with the lion tamer or something. You know we'll see. I mean? The funny thing is, is in that road to show, basically they said that they're going to have Lambert pin Jericho. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that happens storyline wise or what, but I kind of feel like this could be winding down, and I feel like if it's winding down, then it makes sense for the inner circle to win. So um, we'll see. Uh, this is the match that I'm probably least looking forward to, but I do think expectations are huge in wrestling. And when something exceeds expectations, it's it's one of the best feelings. You know what I mean? Because like you think it's only going to be a certain bar, and it's just so much better than that. So 
but it's also where you think it's going to be bad and it's even worse than you thought, you know, those have happened too. So, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm looking forward to this match, but, um, being a fan of Arlovsky, being a fan of junior Dos Santos and that like part of me is a little, little, like, you know, just curious to see how well things go. I mean, Arlovsky back in the day with the fangs and everything, like he, he definitely could have been a pro wrestler. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting how they use him, and I, I do think it's kind of crazy that like he is an active UFC fighter, yeah. and they are letting him do this. So it just goes to show you that Dana and Tony definitely have a relationship. Oh yeah, for sure. Olowski just fought like last month for the UFC. So right. Um, yeah, I mean Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky seem a bit out of place still on the whole American Top Team lore, uh, if you will. But like, yeah. I mean, but they're there for obvious reasons. Like, it's similar to when they wrestled Sting and Darby and stuff. Like, they're two reliable guys. They're going to make sure everything looks good and, like, goes as planned. Like, you can't really rely on Lambert, Orlovsky, and Dos Santos to, like, carry a match against Jericho and Guevara and stuff. Like, think, so. think of how, like, great AEW must be when you're Scorpio Sky and you haven't necessarily been used the best, and you're going to re-sign with them for five years. <laughs> like, you've barely been on TV a lot of times and, and all that. They put you in this kind of weird group, and you're like, yeah, I'll sign for five years. No problem. Like, just so to show you, there's a lot of people that are really happy with that company. Hell yeah. So... You know, I I think Santana and Ortiz do really well in these scenarios. Like their street fight with the best friends is like possibly my favorite AEW match ever. So like, I'm looking forward to see what they do. Sammy Guevara is crazy. You know he'll do something nuts. He'll probably do like a six thirty off like off a balcony or something. Right. Um, Hager, this is this is about as in Hager's element as you're gonna get. Like, yeah, he's not gonna have to do anything but fake fight other fighters that they're all real fighters but they can just fake fight each other and Jericho can really do no wrong like really at the end of the day like he'll make it entertaining um so I think it'll wind up being better than what I I I, only put it this way I don't think there's any real expectations for this to begin with like yeah so if it's even pretty good I think people will be really happy with that but yeah I gotta go inner circle next match we got Brian Danielson and Miro, <laughs> winner gets a shot at the AEW World Title. Um, you kind of already made your prediction uh, with when you're talking about Hangman. Like you're going Brian Danielson, I'm going Brian Brian Danielson as well. Like it wouldn't really shock me though if Miro won. Like Miro's been built really, really well, and he would be yeah. a great heel contender for Hangman. But yeah, I've kind of thought of that too. Um, and if Hangman actually beat Miro, like. And then he really looks like a million bucks. You know, he beat Kenny, beat Miro. Like, that's that's pretty huge to put him over. So, um, I've thought of that, too. But I just think Brian Danielson's going to win. Yeah. I, I think that most people expected Moxley to win the whole tournament. And now that Moxley's not in it, like, it's kind of, it's almost kind of like uh, the Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix when, like, you know, Daniel Cormier <laughs> jumped in and won the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I just think that it's kind of one of those things where they're, I mean, because who knows, Danielson might have been 
you know, who they planned to win this entire time also. Like Danielson, I could also have totally seen Danielson beat Moxley one-on-one. Right. Um, so I'm going to well, go. There's sometimes where, like, you don't always have to be the number one contender to get the next shot. You can just kind of just go crazy, right? And I feel like Moxley was getting to the point to where he was – getting fed up with things and like if he'd have lost that match he might have snapped and like attacked the champion because it's like obviously I can't just get a fair shake at a title shot so I'm just gonna go take it you know what I mean yeah and I kind of feel like that's where they were kind of heading and him going into rehab and all that stuff like it's really made them kind of backtrack because they said that Miro wasn't even in town. Like they had to hurry up and get him to, cause like he wasn't even going to be on the show. Like, so they definitely pivoted and it, that might affect long-term what they planned on doing as well. So uh, interesting, interesting development there. Yeah. So, I mean, it would do, uh, it would be real big for Miro to win this match, especially if he won clean, that would be huge for him. Um, and I honestly wouldn't hate it at this point. Like I was not, not a, a Rusev fan uh, when he was in the WWE at all. Um, and you I wasn't a, a fan. Miro fan when he was. I wasn't one. I wasn't I was, first. Well, no, I I didn't like the the whole game overs thing. Yeah, the whole thing with uh, him and best Fabian. man, the best man. Yeah, that that's what I meant to say. That's. I don't think anybody did though. Like that didn't do hair. anyone any favors. Yeah, that just didn't work. But well, and you remember like his first match, it was dreadful. Like he looked awful in the ring. He got hurt immediately. Like I was just like, ugh, you know? Yeah. And and now he's going out there and just absolutely killing it. So yeah. To him. Yeah, exactly. So like I like I could see him beating Danielson, but like I I think it's the much safer pick for me is Brian Danielson. So I'm gonna take Danielson to win. And of course, Danielson's already proven he can go toe to toe with Omega. Went to the draw with him, like he's beaten everybody else, and he's being creative and using a bunch of different finishers and stuff. Like they can come up with a really smart way of Danielson beating Miro, but Miro not looking bad at all losing. So I agree. Um, and and honestly, vice versa, like they could do both. Where yeah, um, Brian Danielson could lose as well and and still look good after beating after going to war with Miro. I mean they could even not that I'm necessarily advocating for this, but like they could do something where like, you know, Lana debuts yep. and like hits him with like her her heel or something in the head and then Rusev puts him in the the modified the game over that he does where they like goes all the way back with it. Danielson doesn't even tap out. He's out cold and they're just that's well, it. Well what I like about that is like when he when he bends back it's over. Like there's yeah. not even people fighting it off. Like it's just it's like a real submission. Like once it's in, it's just over. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we both got Danielson as our official picks there. Yeah. Um, women's title. We have Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, against Tay Conti, Ty Conti. I always mess it up. It's okay. Ty Conti. Either one, right I think, will work. Yeah. Um, it's spelled Tay though, and that's why it always throws me off. But yeah, um, she'll be with Anna J. Britt Baker will have Jamie Hader and Rebel in her corner. Um, who you got in this one? You got Britt Baker retaining or new champion Conti? Nah, uh, Britt Baker all day. Yeah, this is the most predictable one on the show, but there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like champions like Britt Baker need 
need to stack up victories to like solidify their championship run. And Conti is a great challenger. I think the match is going to be really good. Um, yeah. Like, I think this is going to help even, even if, you know, if Tay or Ty or whatever loses, like, I still think it helps her just being in a pay-per-view match with Britt Baker. And if it's actually good, that'll really help. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely adds to the women's division. Um, and I, I like that. It's not like a, uh, like a Nyla Rose or, or um, something that we've seen multiple times. Like it's new. It's kind of cool. So I'm down with it. Yeah. And this is, this is like a kind of like a test run for Conti. I think like, how's she going to do in a big spot like this big match? I think she's going to blow it out of the park. Like, knock it out of the park i should say blow it out of the park blow it out of the water um yeah but uh and then also like anna jay being there ringside that's gonna you know having her next to the match and like she's only gonna keep getting better too like anna jay's time is gonna come also um right you know to be, be in this title mix and everything so i like conti and anna jay both a lot i think they both have a really bright future but right now it is Britt baker's time for sure she's got to win i think everyone's expecting her to retain um and the last match we have here is Falls Count Anywhere, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus against Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, the Super Click. Um, this match is going to rule. Like, you just yeah, know this is. match is going to rule. Like, yeah, it is. I mean, I got to go Super Click as my prediction, but, like, this match is going to yeah, Especially just awesome. even seeing the buildup, right? Like, we've already seen a Concerto. We've seen Jungle Boy get thrown off the stage. And so, like, you kind of have to one-up that stuff. So I, I think it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be awesome. And yeah. it's Adam Cole's, like, pay-per-view debut as a wrestler. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. Uh, Libre, Libre Vision Network in the chat asked what happened with Serena Deeb. I think she just – she turned heel. But, you know, that's – I for my money, I think Serena Deeb is the best female wrestler in the world right now, just my personal opinion. But – um her time will come in AEW again soon. I, I think they're just, they're just establishing her as a heel. She lost to uh to Sheeta in the in the uh tournament or whatever that was. Um yeah. for the TBS title. That's right, for the TBS title. Right. Um, but uh just just addressing that, I'm a huge, huge fan of Serena D. Like it's it's amazing to me that she was relegated to just being like a PC trainer for years in the WWE and they didn't have her wrestling on any of the shows. And yep. all she did in the WWE was like the straight edge society thing where they shaved her head and she was like a sidekick to that group or whatever, but they had right. her in the system as a coach that for, for years. And, you know, we should have been getting her versus Charlotte flair in the main event of, of pay-per-views and stuff. But, um, but yeah, uh, as as far as the Christian Cage Jurassic Express and Super Click match, like we both got the Super Click winning. Do you think that Christian, like, do you think do you think that he turns on Jungle Boy at some point in this, or do you think they save that for a little bit later on? But it, it feels like that's eventually going to happen. That seems like a dynamite uh, segment or something. Like, like I think that they'll, I think they're going to lose, and then I think Super Click's going to win. I think they're going to lose, and then I think that Christian's going to still be all cool with them. And then he's going to turn because I, yeah. I, I do think Christian jungle boy, that's money. You got to do that. I agree. And jungle boy's got to win clean whenever that goes yeah. down. Yeah. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Adam Cole's one of my favorite wrestlers in the world right now. Like I'm a, I'm a huge mark for Adam Cole. I you know, love the young bucks. They're, 
probably the best tag team in the world. Um, yep. And of course, you know, Jungle Boy there, he's being, he's being set up for success big time. Luchasaurus is going to be an attraction kind of no matter what. And Christian's ultra established. So, I mean, this, this has the makings for a really good match and the creativity, like, you know, the young bucks are going to be doing their like swan tons and four fifties and stuff like off like the entrance ramp and stuff like they, like they're known to do. Um, right. Adam Cole probably hit some like crazy ass, like Panama sunrise off of a ladder or something like it's, this is going to be sick. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And we both have the super click as our predictions. Yep. Man, that that's what six matches. That's eight matches. We went over eight matches. Well, I didn't feel like that. Yeah, and I feel like there's probably stuff. There, there's there's got to be something with Cody, Andrade, Malachi Black, Pack. Like they, yeah. they've got to book something tomorrow for that. Yeah, for sure. All those guys deserve to be on the show, even though like like Cody wasn't on the last pay per view. Um, I don't think the Bucks were either. Maybe the like Bucks most... were they because they were in the cage match with Lucha Bros. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But there was a lot of like kind of hangman wasn't um but that was because of the pregnancy and stuff but like the point is like aw is so stacked that they also sometimes just hold off certain things to like the dynamite after or like for a big dynamite or rampage or something so they don't blow their proverbial wad um like all the time like on just the pay-per-view like they they set stuff up for after too but i would imagine because they because the way that Andrade beat Cody with the Lucha Bro or with uh, FTR um, helping him and stuff, you'd imagine they'd run Cody and Andrade back probably, or do Cody and like Lee Johnson against, uh, or, you know, or Cody and Dustin versus uh, Malachi and Andrade or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I want to see a four way. I want Cody Pack. Andrade. Oh, Pack, of course. Pack soon. Yeah. Yeah. Cody, Pack, Andrade, and um, uh, Black. Yeah. So yeah, I'm totally down. I'm totally down for that. Because the alliance between Andrade and Malachi doesn't really make a lot of sense. But it – or in, in Pack helping Cody. It's it's all – they've all just become allies based on having common enemies. So yeah. they could totally have a four-way match and just go after each other. Cause like there's right. no real strong allegiance to anybody. Um, right. So yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. I, I think that'd be, that's actually a really good idea doing a four-way with those guys. Yeah. And if that, that happens, I'll take, lot. I'll take Cody for the, for the win in that one. If oh, uh, for making predictions. Well, Cody, huh? I'll take, uh, I'll take Malachi. I'll take Cody pinning Andrade. There you go. Um, I'll take, Malachi pinning pack. There you go. Well, there you go. That's well, the pay per view. Another one too that I could see possibly that they're really hinting at is Dante Martin versus Leo Rush. Like I know that they have like that tag match they're supposed to and stuff, but like that one should happen too. I think they're going to play that out for a while because because yeah. Dante is starting to have like some success with Leo as his guy, and now they're also courting Lee Moriarty to get him to try to join their group. That's true. So That's true. That could be really interesting. I mean, Lee Moriarty is great. Like, yeah, it was cool. Where where was was Dynamite in like St. Louis or something this this past week? Rampage was in St. Louis. Dynamite was in Kansas City. Okay, but Rampage was in St. Louis. Yeah. Because that all makes sense because, like, 
I I noticed like Warhorse because this is all guys from that area. Like Warhorse yeah. was on Dark, Danny Adams yeah. was on Dark. Um, like there there's been a lot of the who I consider to be like the Glory Pro guys were all right. Well, I saw a lot of them on Dark and stuff, so that that totally makes sense. Yeah. So also on Saturday is um, New Japan and. Buddy Murphy versus Okada. Like, that is a amazing match that is not getting talked about enough, in my opinion. Um, it's a... Buddy Murphy really reminds me of, like, a Kenny Omega style. So I think they could have a really good match. The only thing that bothers me about, like, New Japan will be, like, they're in America. So I don't think that they'll give it their all. Like, I think they'll have a good match, but I don't think that they'll really, like, try to have this, like, amazing match. When I think right now, New Japan should be doing everything they can just to get buzz. It doesn't matter where it's at or whatever. They need to get buzz. Wrestle Kingdom's coming up in January. They need to get people excited. Um, but, yeah, Buddy Murphy is uh is this is really like his first big match back on tv and and everything because he's been doing some independence but this what this is a big match that i don't think a lot of people know about so definitely recommend checking that one out and i think uh ishii's facing jay white um there's there's just a lot of good stuff osprey's on the card um yeah it's it's stacked it's like in san jose california so should be a really good show. You see, uh, next month in uh, I think it's at House of Glory, they're doing Osprey versus Amazing Red. I think that's actually this weekend as well. I think that's like November. Oh, is that 12th. this weekend? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that's that. that's badass. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for Buddy Matthews, he's gonna be like, this is a giant sink or swim for him because yeah. there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of like you should have been treated better. And like, this is, you never got a real chance, but like there was glimpses of, of greatness and like, he, you really couldn't, especially when you're talking about new Japan, like that's as far as I'm concerned, you can make the case for a few others, of course, but like I, to me, the top guy of new Japan is Okada. So like yeah. you're literally going in there against the top guy and it's not just like the top guy. He's a guy who goes in the ring too and is known yep. to do 60 minutes and, and all that kind of, it's like, so this is, I think he's going to, I think he's going to rise to the occasion. I think he's going to like show the world why he should have been treated better in the WWE. But yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a huge moment for him. I mean, I'd imagine Okada will win. Um, yeah. But that'd be huge if, if Murphy won clean. I mean, geez. But um, not seeing that. But I, I, I do think that they could make him look strong and and make it look like a make it look like a war. So, um, but yeah, that's a that's a great match. Really yeah. looking forward to that. That's good stuff. And then there's also GCW this weekend as well. Nick Gage um, Invitational. They have two okay. shows, but one of them's the that NGI is on Saturday. Now, on normal Nick Gage invitationals, is he normally not participating? Uh that's a good question. I can't remember to be honest. Which I a mean, lot of honestly, a lot of them kind of blend idea. in with to me because they also do like the tournament of survival and all that stuff. Like, there's like multiple 
deathmatch tournaments that they do is I can't remember. The Detroit show though is very heavily centered on Cardona because it's like I think even Alley Catch versus Chelsea Green could be the main event. I, it's what it's kind of looking like, and then um, you have Cardona versus Alex Shelley. So that's a that's a pretty interesting one. Yeah. So I'll say this really quickly. This is kind of some of the stuff I was going to tell you off camera, but it just to a little insight. Um, I beyond Cardona and Chelsea Green potentially wrestling Alley Catch and Effie, I wouldn't expect to see Cardona and Chelsea Green like like doing a bunch of mixed tag matches because I think that's like what people were expecting was like they were going to go on like this run of like working together for a while yeah that's not the vibe i'm getting from like what i know like it's yeah i think they're gonna go their separate ways after the alley catch and and effie stuff um, yeah which, which i mean i i think it's kind of good honestly i think you don't want to uh you know you can you can bring it in occasionally but you don't want that to be like your main thing and yeah i think he's made it pretty clear he wants his career to be his career and her career to be her career and yeah. not necessarily mean he like he's okay with it from here, like every now and then. But um, yeah, I think he definitely wants to do his own thing as well. Well, and I know along with that, I uh, I know his his main goal is to wrestle in New Japan. Really? So that could be real interesting because he'd be wow. a huge guy over there, like like stature wise, like even because um, right. what a lot of people don't realize is like being like a. a like being Matt Cardona size in the U S like he's a big guy, but him in Japan is like, that's he's like huge. You yeah. Know? Like cause they're just generally smaller over there. Right. So like, you know, he could be a real attraction in Japan. And uh, okay. I know that's like the top of his list right now, as far as like where he wants to go. So that he hasn't been before. Like I know. By the way, mm-hmm. Speaking of Japan, your boy Shibata looks like he, he might actually really do this. Oh, like, I think it sounds like he's coming back. Oh yeah, I don't think he would have done that exhibition if there wasn't intentions of of him doing a full comeback. No, I agree. I, it sounds kind of like the Brian Danielson situation where it was like concussion based and like it took a long, long time to get him medically cleared. But I think they're here, and uh, I really hope that he takes care of himself and doesn't like lose his mind in there right off the bat. Um, yeah, to start headbutting yeah. people. For real. Yeah, just just like just like kick the crap out of people. You don't you don't have to do all this crazy stuff. But I mean, listen, if Shibata comes back and you add on some of the guys, Matt Cardona, whatever, like I think that there will be I think New Japan could definitely get some buzz going in twenty twenty two. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Especially with all these uh these uh kind of like release talents and stuff like there's just going to be an influx of people that can that can go there but yeah. uh so also just wanted to cover on fight you can order the gcw shows as a bundle or you can order them separately you can order hog wrestling this weekend as well with will osprey versus amazing red 2 because they had a match in new japan and it was awesome um, and you can order uh the new japan show as well so all this is going to be on fight so uh, if you guys want to check out something besides AEW or WWE, there you go. Yes, Fight TV, F-I-T-E, Fight. Shout out to them. Good people over there. 
but yeah, looking, uh, I'm very looking forward to the GCW show. The, the NGI, I mean, that's going to be brutal. Like that's going to be, uh, I'll be watching a lot of that, like with, you know, one eye uh, through, through my fingers kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because it, it's going to get, it's going to get brutal. Um, but at the very least, if even if you're not into deathmatch wrestling, the Friday show should be should be solid. So, um, I, I always get excited when GCW is running shows, though. There's always just a, a, a feeling of excitement for you know whenever they're doing stuff, and they're they're also building towards Hammerstein, which is going to be huge. And yeah. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that you know, obviously we want Moxley to like do its best for him, but I'm really hoping that he's like back by Hammerstein because that's like a that's a big part of the draw, I think, for a lot of a lot of non GCW fans that are going to tune in for that. Like a lot of it's going to be like, you know, because Moxley's the champion and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, that gives them a pretty good amount of time. Like, yeah, you just never know, but I, I do think that it's a possibility at least. Yeah. So we'll see, but yeah, game changer wrestling. We got yeah, that this weekend. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's a pretty loaded weekend. Um, Got Max Holloway and Yari Rodriguez. That's a great fight for the UFC. That's this weekend. I'm taking yeah. Holloway, but, like, I love – Dude, I saw Yair. Like, I saw the odds today. I think yep. Holloway was, like, plus 650, and Yair was, like, plus 400 or 450. Like, you, you mean might throw a little – Minus – Minus six hundred for sorry, Holloway. sorry. Holloway was like minus six. Yeah, yeah. it was like minus six fifty. And uh, and yeah, you're like four fifty like, plus four fifty. And like, I'm not giving any financial advice or betting <laughs> advice or anything like that. But like, I might throw a little bit of money on Yair. Like, that's yeah. a it's a win. Like, I'm taking Holloway as my prediction, but like, based mainly mainly off the experience and all the people he's he's fought. But like, Yair could very well win that fight, and those are some pretty good odds. So. Whatever you lose, if you lose your money, just bet on the Vikings to cover the spread. And you're, <laughs> right. you're gonna you're gonna make your money back. It's a guarantee. guarantee. We don't blow <laughs> anybody out, so don't worry. It, it will be close. It will be close. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll just jump into UFC. Um, UFC was amazing. It was like pay per view of the year for sure. Um, we have a link down in the description box if you guys want to check out the uh, live um, play play uh, the watch along. There's a, a fight fight night watch along. We do it for all yeah. the major UFC shows. There you go. The big boxing stuff. That's at YouTube.com/slash Fightful. It was me, Doug, Sean Ross Sapp, and Rob Wilkins. The next one I think will be December 11th for UFC 269, and then the following week I think is Jake Paul and uh, Tommy Fury. So. Join us for those if you're fight fans who watch the shows live and uh, give my we give our reactions uh, to the big fights of the night. So yeah, and unfortunately we weren't able to um, react to the fight of the year, which was Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. Uh, just incredible fight. I mean, like I said, expectations, right? And expectations were it's going to be an amazing fight, fight of the year contender, whatever candidate. Uh, but man, like a damn thing was like fight of the decade. Uh, just, it just absolute war. Both guys got rocked. Guys were trying to take each other out with every single punch. It was, a it was a really great fight. Yeah. Incredible fight. Definitely the fight of the night, possibly the fight of the year. Um, and the only reason we, <laughs> that we didn't react to it for those of you wondering is because it opened the pay-per-view 
So we weren't going to sit there on stream for the entire show. But if it was the third fight up, you know, the only reason they didn't do that is because Trevor Whitman, the coach of Justin Gaethje, he also coaches Rosalami Yunus as well as Kamar Usman. So they were trying to do him a favor so he didn't have to do back-to-back-to-back fights. But yeah. we would have also done that if it, if it was back-to-back-to-back. That fight was incredible. I think I think it's pretty clear. Like, I don't think there's going to be any argument. It's got to be Justin Gaethje either rematching Dustin Poirier or fighting Charles Oliveira. Like, he should get the winner of the title fight uh, for the next shot of the belt, I think. So, and yeah. you have, you know, you got Benil Daryush in the mix. You got Islam Makachev in the mix. But, like, Gaethje has done more than those guys. And his only losses to – his only loss recently is to Habib. He has the loss to Dustin Poirier also, but that was a badass fight. Like, I definitely want to see that one run back. So, like, yep. um, you know, Gaethje set himself up great. And when Gaethje lost to Poirier, that was back when he, like, didn't ever, like, take care of himself. Like, he was just really throwing with, like, like total abandonment. Like, he, he really started to watch out for his defense. And, like, I even think that might be even before he started training with Trevor Whitman maybe – like he completely changed his style and just became like a just a murderer, man. He was starting to pick people apart left and right, and uh, so I think it'd be a very interesting rematch if he does fight Poirier again. Yeah, I agree. And then also, like, shout out to Michael Chandler, who obviously those of us who followed his Bellator run like knew how good he was, but man, if he would have made the jump like ten years ago, like the things he probably would have accomplished in the UFC, like, yeah. But he. uh he's in a really great spot too. Cause like he's now he's known pretty much for the same reason that Justin Gaethje is like, he's just known to have bangers. Like, yep. you know, if you put Michael Chandler on the card, it's going to be a good fight or he's going to go and try to take someone's head off. So like, you know, he set himself up really good. Even it was kind of like an AEW, uh, you know, storyline and finish like Gaethje won and he won decisively, but like Michael, but the fans want more Michael Chandler coming out of that. So yeah. like, you know, and both guys really won at the end of the night and they both got their bonuses and all that stuff too, which is cool. So that's well, like, it's cool. like, think about, think about just from his debut, like knock out Michael or knock out Dan Hooker. And that was uh, on the Connor Poirier card. So right. everyone saw it. Yeah. And then the title shot against Oliveira, which was wild. I was there live. I don't know if I've ever heard a mm. crowd that loud when Oliveira won. And it was more so of shock than, than just like, sheer happiness it was like we just knew we re- witnessed something incredible when Chandler um, dropped Oliveira too early that's what I'm saying yeah. like I I almost got teary-eyed in round one because I felt like Chandler was about to win I thought Chandler was about to win the title and I was like wow what a story you know what I mean and then the next round just boom it's over knocked out and what's crazy too is you see that shot that knocked him out and it's like you're talking about like I mean how how did that finish him when Justin Gaethje hit him with everything but the kitchen sink? You know what I mean? So yeah, just difference in speed and I I, I don't know, but man, props to uh, Chandler. I think that he doesn't get enough credit for for what he's done in this sport. And if 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 it if he retired today, he left you with two of the greatest fights of all time: him and Eddie Alvarez won, and Chandler and Gaethje like. You can never question that dude. Yeah. And then the other big stuff coming off of that show, um, of course, Rosnami Yunus retaining the title over Wiley Zhang, which was, you know, 
I think when we watched it live, most of us and most of the people in the chat thought that Zhang had, had done enough to win, but like it was so close that like you can't, you know, you can't get upset over one way or another, you know. Um, and Rose looked really good. They they both looked really good. They're they're that the two of them and Joanna, like those are the three top women in that division, like in the history yeah. of that division. Yeah. And uh, then you have Carla Esparza, who. I think deserves the the mat the, the rematch with Rose at this point. Um, I think you were telling me that Dana doesn't seem too high on it though, which is weird to me because I feel like they should they, they have the opportunity now to run they could run back Wiley Zhang and Yuani on Jacek, which I think is the best women's fight in in combat sports history. Like you can do that again. So like, who would Rose fight? Like I feel like it's got to be Esparza. So. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe he wants to give her Joanna. Like, I, I don't know. Like, Dana is yeah. also about exciting fights, and um, I think, I think Carla is like where she's kind of like where Damian Maya was, where like he would be like a contender for a title, but like Dana's not really trying to give you that title shot type thing unless he you absolutely like, there's no question about it. So I, I don't know. But I, the thing that I don't understand though, is like, there's a story there. Like she beat Rose before. An so ultimate like, fighter. Yeah. Right. So like, to me, you, you run that back. Yeah. I agree completely, but it was a good, it was a good fight. I mean, Rose is great. Zhang's great. Like they're both, they're both like top of the division. And then of course the main event, Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington, which the more that I think about it, man, like the more I think that fight was a draw. Like I, like I don't yeah. have, I don't have an issue with Usman winning at all. Like Usman's the best right. welterweight in the world right now. Like I, for sure, I'm not. But Colby's definitely the second best, and we just yeah. don't know enough about Kamzat Chimeyev yet. But like right. Chimeyev might be in the in the mix with these guys. We just don't yeah. know quite yet. But as of right now, right now Usman's definitely the best. Colby's definitely the second best, and it's pretty close. But I honestly, like, when I thought about it more and watched more back and stuff, like, I think Usman won the first round. I think Usman won the second round 10-8. And I think Colby won 3-4 and 5. But 3-4 yep. and 5 were were close. Like, it wasn't, like, a blow away. Like, I, I can see the rationale for Usman winning as well. Um, yep. So, like, I'm not upset by, like, 49-46 cards or anything like that. But I think it could have been even if, you, if it was a 10-8 second round for Usman and he gave Colby three through five, but I think it's crazy that they gave two judges gave Usman five. I think that's 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 not makes sense. That does not make sense to me. And no judge gave Usman a 10 8 on round yeah. two. So you dropped him twice. Like, what do you need to do for a 10 8? I mean, everyone's like, you got to basically kill your opponent, but it's like, isn't that what like the sevens for? Right. Like, you know, I just don't, I, they need to, they, there needs to be more 10, eight rounds in, in MMA. Like, I don't, I think it's a travesty with, with that scoring system is done. But I think if a guy gets legit hurt, like close to being finished and he doesn't do much to combat that, like say he just survives the round, that should be a 10, eight round for the, for the, for the person that hurt the dude. Like, I, I don't think that, um, I think, you know, if, like, he gets hurt and then he might put the other guy in danger, then it's basically whoever you want to pick on that round. But if you ha if you have a guy in serious trouble that you almost finish the fight 
that should be a 10-8 round. Well, and see, that's why, like, that's why I also had a 10-8 for Gaethje and Chandler, like, the second round. Because Gaethje drops him, and Chandler's, like, turtle up on the ground, and Gaethje's just yeah. raining punches. And, like, I when that happened, I, like, got up on my laptop. I was about to tweet. because like, I thought that was – I thought there was no way Michael Chandler was surviving that. And he did, but, like, one or two more of those punches landed, that fight might be over. Like, he came about as close as you can to finishing the fight during that flurry. Um, but once again, none of the judges gave that a 10-8. So it's like, yeah, what do you got it? What do you got to do? Um, but that's a whole other conversation. The the boxing scoring, the 10, 10 point musts and all that stuff. But my, my whole thing is it, it, basically chalked up to the idea of like, we see way too many fights where fighter A whoops fighter B's ass in round one. And then yep. fighter B barely wins the second round, but it's scored the same. They're both 10-9 rounds. There needs to be a bigger gap to show how dominant uh, people are throughout the fight. But I agree. Um, it's kind of like, uh, like, uh, uh, like a, when it was like the NFL drug policy when they had when they were t- still suspending for weed and stuff. Or so it's like weed, crack, heroin. It's all the same. Right. Like. No, there should be different types of of levels to to suspensions and what what it was. Just it was just substance abuse. The end. So right. yeah, so it's the same thing. It's like if you win the round, that's it. But there's no ten eight, which there technically is a ten eight. They just don't ever want to use it. So yeah, it's 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 frustrating. I mean, I honestly, I, I don't know how you go and change the actual scoring system, but I don't think that the ten nine scoring system should have lasted this long like it was just taken from boxing because they were trying to get um sanctioned so they're like yeah we'll just take those rules but i mean mma has become such a huge sport at this point like there needs to be more stuff into consideration for sure and it's honestly like as basic as it sounds like they could probably fix the whole problem by just like introducing half points or something like it, it wouldn't take much of a change because if somebody wins 10-9, but then the next round is like 8.5 or 9.5 or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like that 0. Yeah. 0.5 makes a huge difference, but it could but it could really reflect what the difference in the fight is. Like, Well, you know, like in fantasy, if you do like the point system where it's like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, like mm-hmm. literally you get a point something for every score. But if you did it on another end where it was just like all solid points – you might have a tie, but if you do it with the other way, you'll actually have a winner because it literally counts every single yard, every single thing. That's how my fantasy setup is literally to the decimal point. Like we have games that sometimes it comes down to literally like I've lost in fantasy before when my quarterback has gone out to kneel the ball at the end of the game, like just losing that and just being like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 it's like he didn't do that to lose. Like he did that on purpose. You can't penalize me for that. But yeah, they no, lose I the point one or the point two every time they walk back and kneel. And it's like yep. um, Jeff yep. Atwood in the chat says he wants to see open scoring uh, so fighters know how it's being judged. I think that's a lot more fair to the fighters. I don't think it makes for as good drama for the viewers. I'm not saying right. that's right or wrong. I'm just saying I think that's the rationale behind it. I think um, the way you change that, though, is, you, you know, like in the NFL, right, you see the um, you see the score 
every every time it changes on TV, right? I think after every round, the the round score should go up on TV. So after round one, boom. So now you're you're like, okay, so so and so won round one. So now this person, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I think that would help. But I think like this whole idea of like the very last round, you find out what the score is, and then you just either go for broke or you try to try to kind of coast because you know you've won the fight. I think that is not the best way to do it. Right. Yeah, I agree. And it's also one of those things where like like the uh there was something else I was gonna say. I just totally lost my train of thought with the scoring system. There was one other uh kind of improvement. Uh it wasn't not showing the score. It'll definitely come to me in a second. I just totally lost what I was gonna say. But uh mm, now it's gonna totally it's bother it's gonna totally bother me now. Well, and I know they did it like to where they like you can see it, or if oh, you don't want to see it, like go ahead. I, I remember now. I was gonna. Do you think that? Do you think that there should be more taken into account, like, like the later the fight goes, that it should count more? Like, if you're like, if you're ahead at the end of the fight, like if you're losing at the beginning, like yeah, you were losing, but like if like round five comes around and you're just whooping this dude's ass because like now he's gone, he can't go into deep water like you can. Like, yeah, should that count for more? I, it's hard to say. Like, so, so like, kind of Colby, right? Because like right. Colby was getting his ass whooped, and then towards the end, he was taking over the fight. Or like Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards, like right. that kind of stuff, where it's like, yeah, Nate lost, but like if that goes one or two more rounds, Nate's gonna win because like he's is still. That, is that a ten eight? Is that a ten eight? Nate and Leon. <sighs> mm, uh, like, well. No, but like if there were more 10 eights out there, then yes. Is that a half a point? You were like to do the half a point, yeah, system? something like that. But I think you, yeah, that's a perfect example, actually, of something where yeah. like that would make a lot of sense because like it wasn't a 10 8, but it was better than a, a it was better than a 10 9. So, like, yeah. you know, it was kind of in between. Um, but you know, because you know, on it's hard to say with, with whether or not it should be scored different mainly because they're getting breaks in between rounds but i really liked in pride when they had the long first round and then yep. like it was the the judges weren't doing like a 10 point system it was just who won the overall fight yep. and i think who won the overall fight is way more important than who won in, in each five round in, in each five minute increment like who did yep. better for five minutes than a break who did better for five than a break it's like no who who inflicted the most damage, who came the closest to finishing the fight, who looks the best at the end of the fight, like who's in control at the end of the fight. And like that, I, I do think that well, that it also, it also caused to have more exciting fights because the first 10 minutes, I mean, it, that's a long way to go before you can even get to break. So they just went to war in there. And a lot of times um, when it went to the, the last round, like, guys guys kind of had a pretty good idea of where they stood with the judges because it is about damage right so if you're seeing the guy's face all destroyed like it's like yeah I'm pretty pretty good shape here yeah for sure so anyways i i put on the the title since dana has now stated that kamaru usman is the greatest welterweight of all time and i do think we're getting close 
I just kind of wanted to look at this real quick before we go and just kind of compare and see where we're at. So with Usman, he I'll start putting him down when he started facing names, but so far he has beat Damian Maya, Rafael Dos Anjos, Tyron Woodley, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, Gilbert Melendez, Jorge Masvidal, and Colby Covington all in a row. And granted, he's won 18 in a row as well. Um, so he is 20 and one now. And the only loss is to like, like, uh, what, Wes, what's the guy's name? Warley Alves or something like that. Is uh, Jose Caceres, and it was a submission rear naked choke. Oh, Al- Warley Alves beat Colby Covington. That's that's what I'm. Also, to add to that list, he had beat he had beat uh, Leon Edwards as well on a UFC card. Right, and in UFC, he has won one, two. I think he's won sixteen in a row, seventeen in a row, something. I think he's at fifteen, and and Anderson is the record is at sixteen. Yeah. So there's that as well. Yeah. And if you have George Saint Pierre. After losing to Matt Sarah, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we can go with Jason Miller, Frank Trigg, Sean Shirk, BJ Penn, Matt Hughes. Then he lost to Matt Sarah, right? And then after losing to Matt Sarah, he beat Josh Koshek, Matt Hughes, Matt Sarah, John Fitch, BJ Penn, Thiago Alves, Dan Hardy, Josh Koshek, Jake Shields, Carlos Condit, Nick Diaz, Johnny Hendricks, one who that's close, and Michael Bisping. Um, the difference is, is most of these are decisions on GSP's wins. And Camaro had been finishing a lot of people, but he also has his decisions as well. So, I mean, it's recent that he's been finishing people. So, I'm seeing pretty similar stats. And I and I honestly think Camaro is beating better opponents than George did. But, I mean, it's different time, different era. So, it, it's hard to say. But... I mean, I feel like if, like, say Camaro, say Camaro's next fight is Vicente Luque or something, right? Or Leon Edwards. He beats yeah. Leon Edwards again, and then he fights Chimaev, right? If he beats Chimaev, like, I think, I think he's the goat. Yeah. It'd probably take something like that for that for me to be able to put him over GSP. And it, this isn't Usman's fault at all, but like. I, I view GSP like I think GSP is probably the best MMA fighter ever. Like not just welterweight. Like I think pound for pound, considering he avenged all of his losses and he had the run that he did, and he was also granted he beat Michael Bisbing. I know Michael Bisbing wasn't the greatest middleweight or anything, but he did beat him for the middleweight title as well and all. And he finished him with a rear naked choke and everything. Like. You know, because we also had to put in perspective, like you said, it was a different time. But like at the time, because you were right there with me, like you remember all this stuff as it was happening. Like Matt Hughes was like that was a big deal to beat Matt Hughes when when GSP beat him. Like yeah, BJ Penn. Like the first time they fought, it was super close. The second time they fought, GSP whooped his ass. But it was after mm-hmm. BJ Penn had like destroyed like three or four like lightweights just just killed Diego Sanchez and those guys like just right that was a that was a super fight yeah that, that was like that one was, of the big super fights yeah that was like one of the first true because like BJ Penn was trying to he was the lightweight champion and trying to win the welterweight title right. um 
Josh Koscheck was like he was a perennial contender when GSP beat him. Now guys like Dan Hardy, like I'm not that impressed by GSP beating Dan Hardy. I just don't think Dan Hardy was that what? good. Yeah, I mean, um, the Johnny Hendricks fight was controversial for sure. Um, Jake Jake Shields was on a big roll back then too. When yeah, he beat coming him. off a strike, coming off a strike force and everything, and then of course Nick Diaz, who like he was pretty much it was pretty much Nick Diaz's prime when GSP beat him. Carlos um, Condon as well. Yeah, and Condon also dropped him with that head kick, and GSP yeah. recovered, but that was like a huge moment. But I just, I can't, I just can't put Usman over GSP yet. But he's trending that direction. Like if he, yeah. if he keeps knocking out contenders or not, you know, beating contenders, um, especially if it's someone like Chimeyov, who like if Chimeyov goes out there and like ragdolls like Michael Chiesa next or something, yeah. and then like or like totally. You know, F's up Nate Diaz or something, and then Kamar Usman just like starches him. Yeah. Then I'll be like, okay, like that's yeah, he might he might be the goat now, but like it's gonna take a few more of those kind of things because GSP to me, because on, on top of it, what GSP represented to the sport, I think just meant so much. Like he he was like one of the first like true overall martial artists. I feel like that like you know. I think he really represented the sport well, and he's you know a nice guy and a likable guy. On top of, you know, he became the best like you know Greco-Roman style you know, Olympic style wrestler in the game, and he wasn't a wrestler until MMA. Like the guy was just a freak athlete. So yeah. I just I uh, in his jab when he worked with Freddie Roach, his jab got real good, and like I just. I just, it, I just can't put Usman ahead of him yet. But I, I wouldn't like, you know what I mean. I wouldn't like sit here and argue against Kamar Usman. If someone like, you know, was like, no, it's Usman, I'd be like, all right, fair enough. Like that's, just, it's just, it's a personal opinion at this point. What do you, what do you, what do you think about Dana? Just like totally just throw a GSP to the side. I think Dana is ultra butthurt that he can't control G- George Saint Pierre. Like, yeah, the fact that <laughs> the fact that GSP. Has left him high and dry a couple times uh, with multiple title belts. Yeah. I think Dana White just it's his way of just getting his jabs in on GSP because he because he's on it because at the end of the day he's crying himself to sleep at night that he never was able to book GSP and Habib and now it's just like, I, I think fun GSP and Anderson as well. I think that he well, that really was, yeah. resents he really resents GSP for not taking that fight as well. I mean that was the fight when they yeah. were both champions. Like that yeah. was. That was the biggest fight we. And they really hinted at it. I mean, they even showed like in a prime time show Anderson Silva training for the and GSP. Like they connected it there. Like this is basically next if this hap if he wins and it just never happened. And then George basically said he just never wanted to move up and wait. But then like when Bisping won the title, he had no problem moving up and wait, even though he had a long layoff. Not saying it, but he just he knew he knew he could beat Bisping. Like there's no way that he like. If he and, and I guess that's the thing with George to me, like I felt like when he first started, because I mean I, I I ordered pay-per-views when he debuted, and like it he he actually debuted on a prelim against Carl Parisian at UFC uh 46. And that was when Parisian was like the only guy like judo throwing everybody. Like he was well, like, the funny like he thing was gonna is, be the champion. Is he won in the prelims and got a title shot the next fight against Matt Hughes at UFC fifty. Because back then, like you won one fight, you were the contender. Like that's right. how they did it. Because they had no division. Like they just had like maybe five guys. So, um, but 
it, it, he was such an exciting fighter and a striker. And then when he got knocked out, he became really defensive and started to just take people down and didn't take a ton of risk and chances. And like, to me, Camaro just goes to war. Like the guy is just willing to stand with you. He's not, he knows his strength is wrestling and he's not immediately trying to take you down and control you and beat you down for that. Like he, he will fight you no matter where you want to go. So I give Camaro a lot of credit for that. And like to go in there and knock out Masvidal, like to not even shy away from his stand-up where he clearly could have just took Masvidal down if he wanted to. And just like to go in that, like that, that I really give him props. Plus his two Colby fights, like, like there's there's part of me that's definitely leaning towards Usman as the greatest, but like I said, I think he needs that one like solidified win, and I think Chamaya would be that. Yeah. Well, and there's also, you know, it also depends on like for GSP, he kind of got out at the right, like the perfect time. Like Hendricks basically beat him, but like he squeaked away with the win and then disappeared. And, and, and let's be thing. honest, like Hendricks was steroid city like oh, yeah. and, and he could never make weight after that like he could never make yeah. weight and like the power that guy would knock people dead and then like all of a sudden everybody ate his shots and it wasn't a problem was it was it martin catman that he hit and like skidded him across the octagon like yeah and even like his carlos condit fights like he was dropping carlos when carlos would never get dropped and remember the john fitch fight he knocked him dead like yeah he he was destroying people but you know kind of the point is like gsp got out before he could have like a big downfall like yes for like, a good example would be like daniel cormier like if daniel cormier had retired right after he knocked out stipe for the heavyweight title right and not done the rematches and stuff after like people that would he would have been it would have the john jones thing would have always been out there but like People could have, like, I, for instance, I consider Daniel Cormier, like, one of the best pound-for-pound fighters ever when he beat Stipe. I was like, this dude was killing everyone at light heavyweight. He was killing everyone at heavyweight. The only guy he lost to was John Jones. And there's so much controversy with Jones that, like, you can kind of let that slide a little bit. Yeah. But, like, but then he hung on too long and and was yeah. taking the L's on the end. So now I don't really consider him to be one of the best pound-for-pound. He's one of the best heavyweights ever, but he's not he's not in the pound for pound all time conversation anymore. Um, And that's the same kind of thing. Like the reason I bring that up is because like Usman, for instance, like if he, you know, beats Leon Edwards and then beats Chimeyov or whatever, like, and then like just retired, like leaving the people wanting more. I think it helps his case a lot for this conversation versus like, if he eventually does start losing like a, a few years out, like, so that's, GSP never gave us the never gave us the chance to even like question him because he went out winning. So I can see Usman like leaving, right? Uh-huh. And then Colby like taking over and keep calling him fake newsman. <laughs> I'm calling you out like every fight. And then finally Usman comes back out of retirement to fight Colby like one last I, time. I could see well and also a perfect example for what I'm talking about would be Habib. Because like if yeah. Habib never wrestles again, there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be like well, he's not the best of all time because like he wasn't around long enough and blah, blah, blah. But then the other side of it is like, he never, like he was never in any, any danger at all of losing. And like, we yeah. never saw it get to a point where anyone was even competitive against him. So right. like, there's always going to be that in your head of like, 
Because I, I, I probably I do say, think though that like Islam is going to really make people question who is better, him or Khabib, when it's all said and done. Because I think they have the same style. So I think it's going to be um, interesting. I think Khabib is like just way tougher. I, I haven't seen Islam's chin, but I mean, Khabib could eat a shot and still keep going forward. So we'll see what happens there. Well, yeah, and Islam has lost by TKO before. Like right. his only loss was, and Khabib, like just there was just never any. Like I remember, like Michael Johnson, like tagging with his best stuff, and Habib just yep. like walking through it. I mean, just even um, Gaethje. Remember the Gaethje yeah. fight? Like he just walked him down. Yeah, and so, I've never seen. And like Gaethje's always one that's like, I'm down. Let's go. Well, like Gaethje was the one backing up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he walked him down. So yeah, that's good stuff. Probably a good time to wrap the show up. I do have the yep. three names on here for the Russell Rumble entry. Um, are you able to show that on the screen? You want me just like to like close my eyes and pick a name off my screen? I can do that too. There's only three uh, names, so yes, yeah, this is only three names. I would just close your eyes and pick it. Okay, I hope that the three of y'all are in here. We have Michael Jung or Young, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Um, Sean Byrne and Vincent Valentine or Valentine. Um, yeah. you guys are if you guys are in here and you see this, I'm gonna pick one of your names right now, just. If you're in here and I say your name, please give us your Twitter handle or your email address or something in the chat or reach out to me and Doug on, on Twitter so that I can make sure to get you this entry. Um, Cause I'll just, I'll have Russell rumble email you directly with the link for your free entry. So I just need a way to be able to contact y'all if you win. Um, so we have Michael Jung or young. I'm going to, who knows? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Jung or young over and over Sean Byrne and Vincent valentine or valentine probably valentine probably valentine probably valentine all right i'm moving my fingers around i can't see the screen i'm gonna point at sean Byrne. sean Byrne with the win thank you very much sean for sending us a super chat and uh you won so if you can please just get in touch with me or doug so that we know how to email you your entry um we'll hang out here for a couple minutes as we wrap up if you're still here um, if not, we just got to figure out a way to find you before, uh, before Saturday, the, the entries go out on Saturday afternoon. So like we have plenty of time to get in touch with you, but yeah, yeah. Just, just, just hit, us hit us up. One of us on Twitter, um, let us know, uh, yep. or even if you have to like leave a comment in the below and say like, Hey, I'm here or whatever. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So. Yeah, cause, um, yeah, because he super chatted like two hours ago, so like he might not even be in here right now. So <laughs> yeah, it could be on idle. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you guys don't mind, smash that like button, please. Hit uh, the subscribe button if you haven't subscribed already. Appreciate the chat. It's a huge weekend. Like I said, we have full gear. We have New Japan. We have GCW. We have UFC, um, Holloway, and um, Yair. Right. Yep. Yeah. Who do you got in that fight, by the way? I took Holloway. Yeah, Holloway. But the odds are really good. Yeah. You, you got it. He's a live dog is what I call Yair. For sure. Um, Very winnable fight for either guy. But I just yeah. – Holloway. When you it look at the featherweights – Yeah. And, and I think, like, when you look at the featherweights, like, Holloway, Aldo, Connor, 
and Volkanovsky. Like, take your pick of any of those four guys. Those are, like, the four best featherweights ever. So, like, Holloway – and Holloway's fought – like all those dudes. So, yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Should be a great fight. So yeah, there's plenty of stuff to watch. And then, you know, uh, also don't forget to watch dynamite tomorrow. That'll be the full, uh, full gear build up the go home show. We'll know the full card after that show. So definitely watch uh, dynamite tomorrow. And, um, uh, you know, it'll be awesome next week because we'll be able to talk about full gear and everything that happened on full gear. So, we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in and uh, take care. Go Cowboys. Skull Vikings. <laughs> you got to try something different. Maybe they'll win. Resign Randy Moss. <laughs>